Hello everyone and welcome to episode 74 of Game Time with Manny. As always, Matt is here mm -hmm. with me and we're going to talk about video games. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I, I played a lot this I played jack shit, so that's good. I saw you had like a list of like five or six games and I was like, oh, thank God. I didn't play, I didn't play anything. We weren't going to be able to talk about anything. Uh, all right, so there were there was some interesting news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the first one I did not see this: a Knights of the Old Republic remake. Well, it's rumors. Well, yeah, but who is rumored to be making it? EA. Oh, they shouldn't do that. That's that's the big rumor. Is... Bioware sucks now. So. Well, it's it's EA, not specifically Bioware. But so. Bioware made it. I know. But so maybe. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's just like. It seems it was a lot of rumors in a lot of different places to the point where it's like, well, <clears throat> this there's probably some truth to this. Let me tell you what. I love Knights of the Old Republic right. more than I love most video games. I don't know that they can make a good a modern adaptation of that game. Well, this, how would you feel if they just kind of like up it and just made it look a little nicer and kept basically everything the same? Well, fans did that on mm -hmm. PC, so I don't need EA to ruin it. <laughs> hey, so, hey, hey, they're not Blizzard. <laughs> no, I know. They're not going to ruin it like Warcraft 3. I'm just saying like, I, uh, yeah. I is a game, usually I feel like mm. it's the same way I felt about Final Fantasy 7, or it's one of those things that fans go ballistic for. Right. This will be the same as that, except this has a way higher chance of failing miserably. Because you could still play Knights of the Old Republic now, and it you could get mods to make it look okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't play the original Final Fantasy VII and be like, look at how great this looks. Okay. You know what I mean? Whereas and Knights of the Old Republic is, like, fully voice acted. Right. And so it's, like, way more of a modern video game. There's so, there's so many things they could totally goof up about this product yeah i don't yeah i don't know i i hope that it is real and i hope that it comes out and is fantastic <laughs> 10 out of 10 uh well i, I think lower to like 8 out of 10 like hope that that should be your hopes maybe oh well obsidian's owned by microsoft now i was gonna yes. say they can give obsidian the second game and let him finish it this time for real <laughs> Maybe just let Obsidian work on the first one. <laughs> Maybe. I'll take that. I would take that. Uh, but yeah, like, LucasArts doesn't exist, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Not, like literally no one who worked on that original game would be able mm -hmm. to uh, yeah, continue. As far as I understand, like, and this was Emron Khan, who, who typically reports on... Yeah, he usually on, has good he, stuff. He said, like, they want to try to retcon some of the story into, like, the Star Wars, like, bigger picture and so like i saw people saying that mm -hmm. and they should just make a knights of the old republic movie if they're gonna do that i think I... because like i do think that the plot twist of knights of the old republic one is very good yes that would not work in a movie i guess no and they... <laughs> but it only works because you are playing the game yes. that it was so like oh fuck but I, yeah, it's strange. Yeah, and I've never played it, but far, as far as I understand, like this was like the first game where like you could legitimately just be a bad person. You could, yeah. You can be very mean. Yes, in the other public. Where like before it was all JRPGs and stuff, where they're just like happiness and like you're always like the hero and doing mm -hmm. the right thing. Where here you were just like I'm gonna just be pure evil 
I actually, I think this is the first Bioware game that had the, like, good evil thing, but it's right. so much easier to just be, like, the light side of the force, the dark side of the force. Right, So right. it didn't seem as, like, weird and mm-hmm. arbitrary, and then every game afterwards, you're like, I get it, I'm mm-hmm. good or evil, let's go. And now, from what I've heard, the way to play that is either pick one or the other. If you yeah. play, like, in the middle... Yeah, if and... you play in the middle, you get screwed out of most choices mm-hmm. because all of the cool choices are either at one end of the spectrum or yes. the other. Like, it's either, like, uh, mm. save this person or, like, teach them how to be a Jedi or kill them, usually. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the middle, you get neither choice. <laughs> but what's fucked up is, like, you still see that you could have made that choice. Y- yes. And that sucks. Yeah, because, like, that... And that's... They carried that right into Mass Effect as yeah. well. So I I actually prefer a lot of games recently that have that kind of thing have been hiding the other choices and I like that because mm-hmm. it's like then I don't know that I totally missed out on yes. this other insane <laughs> scenario that could have happened. I'm just content knowing that I made a choice. And yes. It's fine. Yeah. So I did. I'll be interested to see where that goes. I mean, that seems like something that EA would announce around E3 if they were going to. Yeah, because they it. they're they're another one that's. At E3, but not at E3. Yeah, they're... Oh, and like, remember last year? Yeah. That was rough. It was rough. Uh, I watched it, quote-unquote. I, like, had it, it existed in the background while I dicked around on my phone. Mm. Because I was at work when it aired. Yeah, the Star Wars was okay. And then it went downhill after that. Yeah, I... Yeah. Do you remember the one two years ago where they just did, like... a insanely long segment of them playing battlefront 2 multiplayer matches yes yeah that was not good either and then the year before that weed three. Oh, weed well that was excellent <laughs> that was excellent <laughs> weed three is a highlight of all time of all time yeah <laughs> yeah that's something else that was what 2016 i think it was 2016 what was it zach efron and snoop dogg <laughs> and, <laughs> oh my now i'm just remembering zach efron being like i gotta go find snoop to get like the secret <laughs> it's the secret to winning or something <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. or it was zach efron and jamie fox were going to find snoop dogg i think and then i just remember them cutting to snoop dogg playing and he had a joint in his mouth classic <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's something else that was Battlefield 1, I think. No, I think that... uh, Battlefield, Yeah, it was Battlefield 1, yeah. Pretty sure. Because I'm pretty sure it was World War 1. Yeah, the I think so. One, so, so. Yeah, I guess it would have been 2016. It would have been. Uh, one of the other huge things that happened, which had also been rumored forever, mm-hmm. was that uh, Platinum was going to launch a Kickstarter for the Wonderful 101 to right. save it from being a Wii U exclusive that no one played to bring it to the Switch and possibly other platforms. Can you explain why it was a Kickstarter? Uh, yes, because they did. They only needed that amount of money. They have not self-published yet anything. Right. So right. they basically just need the... They needed the $49,000. We'll say $50,000 to basically get the cartridges printed. And so Nintendo paid them originally to make right. the game, right? They went to Nintendo and said, we would like to port this. Can we do that? And they said yes to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we cannot help you if you're doing it to other platforms as well. Right. And Kamiya being... Kamiya said, fuck that. 
we will do it ourselves. Right. And so then they did. See, that the my thing is, like, Platinum's a huge company. And they just took that uh, large sum of money from Tencent to be able to publish their own games? So, like, $50,000, like, to us, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. But for them to do that thing, it's nothing. Yeah, that's why it just, like, it's just such a small number. It's So, <laughs> Platinum is in a weird spot because I wonder if they don't have that money yet from the 10 cent thing but they should still have 50 but they also they were almost bankrupt when Scalebound was canceled like they almost mm. actually had to go out of business the only reason that they stayed afloat was because near blew up and actually did well so i wonder if they are still technically feeling the effects from Maybe. that because they have not had a game since near that actually performed super well like right. they've all been either middling uh new releases or uh, HD remasters, which take a minimal amount of effort and don't ever sell like insane amounts because it's not that much. Right. Like they've re released Bayonetta on PC. They just remastered it again and packaged it with Vanquish. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a couple other remasters of old things, but like I, they haven't had a lot going on since then. So I don't really know. I, I also bet that for this, <clears throat> six people played the wonderful one-on-one mm-hmm. i i own it for wii u and it was right. one of those weird cases where i got it as a christmas gift but now that we're adults christmas is way busier than it used to be when we were kids when we were kids we could just dick around yeah, and yeah. Then, like play games for a week but now what happens is people who are never here all year come back for two weeks so then i can't actually do anything and so i just never ended up playing the wonderful mm. 101 but um I wanted to. I mean, I own it, so I could still. But yeah, yeah. then I was so I was excited it was coming to Switch. I woke up that morning because they for like the pe- previous five days, people were basically saying like, "Yeah, this is a thing. It's going to happen on Monday." I get to work Monday morning at eight a.m. It had launched maybe three or four hours beforehand, mm-hmm. and I see like, "Oh, they're asking for fifty thousand dollars." Right. They'll probably get that uh, definitely within the <laughs> month time frame. I click into that fucking page, and it had over a million dollars. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" And now, right now, I think it's at one, almost one point five. What? What? Yeah. Like I, I when I looked at that, I was like, "Are they just?" trying to judge interest and like see like would people want probably I, w- I would assume that they probably used it to gauge interest to see if th- mm-hmm. i mean like forty nine thousand is probably the base amount they would need yes, to print yes. cartridges or whatever so they probably were just like yeah how interested are people in this and the answer is apparently Very. so so high mm-hmm. so i backed it physically for the switch because i it was a nintendo game before it'll run right. fine on the switch and it had touchscreen elements were mm. pretty prominent and the switch still has a touchscreen so it'll have those so i did that um and it it's wild how many people back this game and it has 27 days to go and it will almost certainly get close to 2 million if not more than that right and i mean at this point they're basically just pre-orders yeah at this point they are but they also there are a lot of weird things about this Kickstarter because you said, like, you would think they would have the money. Yeah. Also, it has to be done already because it comes out in April. Right. It's But, like, what did they, what money did they do that with? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, because there's no, we, people like to believe that you just, like, 
click a button that says make it better for this console and then you just it's fine and ready to rip ports take a lot more than that so there's no way that it's going to take the beginning of february one month to port the entire game i don't think so especially if it's a wii u game where like (laughs) the wii u tablet was weird and had like all these special things so like you have to like unprogram all that and reprogram like new yeah and make it so that those things work with just a controller if you don't have a touchscreen of available and they're gonna have to do that with the switch because like unless they're gonna say like hey you can only play this in handheld which i highly doubt which i highly doubt that but yeah and then when they reach the stretch goals within five seconds Mm -hmm. it's also coming to ps4 and pc as well but yeah then i looked at the thing fully expecting it to be like 2021 or like the end of this year and they're like no april 2020 (laughs) is when your physical release will be delivered to you and i was like I don't think so. Unless I don't they, know how that's happening unless you mistyped 2021. Unless they had already had, like, the Nintendo Switch version ready. Yeah, and the other ones and, won't be ready or yeah. something. And then when they say that, people will get very upset. Uh, Which, I mean, that that is not uncommon for one one to come out before the No, it's not. But they should have said that at the beginning, I think. Uh, unless yeah. it was because they were stretch goals. That means that it's implied that they will take longer. I, I have no idea. But when they get to 1.5, there will be a whole new mode added where it's like a 2D side-scrolling thing. And then if they which get will to, take even longer, I know they have to make that then. Well, what if it's made already? <laughs> why is, that why is it a stretch goal? Are, are I know. Just gonna like we didn't hit the goal, so let's just take it out. It's probably DLC. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, that's, that's and then weird. the other the the last stretch goal that they have listed is one point seven five mil, and that's like they're gonna re-record the soundtrack with some special guest or something. And so this this is where I'm ex- this game is cool. Right. It's basically the evolution of what Beautiful Joe was. Right. As someone who half the t-shirts they own have Beautiful Joe on them, <laughs> I want a new Beautiful Joe game. And you right. know why I think this is crazy? They released concept art of what the main character of Wonderful 101 looked like originally. He just was Beautiful Joe. Like he just looked exactly like it. Have they ever worked with Capcom? I mean, Camilla was, he made Beautiful Joe at Capcom and stuff. But they have not, Platinum has never worked directly with Capcom. But this is where this gets wild. Mm -hmm. Platinum had released a website that had four games on it that were all blank that they were announcing. When Wonderful 101 came out, that was one of them. And now they showed this Beautiful Joe thing. Mm -hmm. What if Platinum used the money that they got from Tencent to buy the rights to games that they you know, lost the rights to because they were, like, published by someone else. Mm -hmm. What if they just bought Beautiful Joe from Capcom because they're clearly never going to do anything with it? What if one of those things is an HD re-release of Beautiful Joe? Very exciting. One of them is... I think you're taking some leaps of logic here and you're setting yourself up. One of them is almost certainly Drakengard 4 because that also leaked. Mm -hmm. And I I believe that that is real because Nier was so popular and it's a spinoff of a Drakengard ending. I mean, to be fair, Drakengard 1, 2, and 3 are trash-ass games and it's a miracle that people even saw the endings of them. I played Drakengard 3 for three hours and said, oh, we can't play this anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Nier spun off from that and people like Nier enough for them to make Nier Automata and then... uh, Nier Automata. Blew up. Yes. And it's... A spinoff of a very specific Dragon Guard ending. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they make a Dragon Guard four, I have faith that they will try to make it actually right. not suck ass. So, who knows? 
Yeah, and, but that that's cool that they are able to do all these interesting things. Right, because I know Nier sold like a little over a million. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering what their best-selling game was this generation. Do you think it's like one of those licensed games? Sadly, probably. It's probably like the Legend of Korra game or some bullshit. No, that was last gen, I think. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers, that would be Maybe. I I would guess it could be near, though, because, like, their other one... I mean, maybe Star Fox Zero. Oh, God. That was on the Wii U, Manny. (laughs) Yeah, but people like Star Fox. Maybe they were like, let's check this shit out. Even if 10% of the Wii U owners, that's like what? uh, Mario Kart 8 sold multiple millions of copies. Yes, but that's because Mario Kart prints money. I know. Hey, you know, it's fun. <laughs> I, People love Star Fox as well. Mm, uh, that one was not good though. So, no. I yeah, I, I near could actually right. be their highest selling thing, which is interesting. And um, that they have to split with Square. As yeah. Well, so, I wonder how much they did because he had to have approached them with it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Or they were just like, hey, who wants to work on this? And mm-hmm. then they said, we do. That was around the time where they had, like, 12 games going at once, and then, like, 90% of them they were taken off of. Like, they were taken off of the Final Fantasy... Was it the Final Fantasy VII remake? I know someone... No, that was CyberConnect 2. I was going to say, someone was working on that. And... It was Cyber. It was CyberConnect, and then they took it back and made it internally. It was the grand blue fantasy action game that is mm. coming out they were working on that and then Psy games was like not anymore and there were like Scalebound was canceled and i think there were like two other games that they participated in but then were taken off of mm-hmm. so none of that could have been good for them yeah Scalebound was interesting because like remember they like took two months off because like it was so bad yeah and then they came back and they're like now what do we do? Yeah. What are we doing? And then they just canceled. The what if thing. they bought the rights to Scalebound from Microsoft? And there now, was they, that, now they just make it. There was that rumor that I heard that Nintendo was looking to re re. I th- I think the fact that they Nintendo couldn't pay for the, the wonderful 101 remaster. I don't think Scalebound's coming out of them either. <laughs> I mean, like I assume Nintendo was like. This sold like fifty copies. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> probably. But why I, are you wasting our time with? But this? I mean, Scalebound would be the same. It didn't even come out, so like I, I don't know why they would resurrect that. But then they could. I mean, a game by Nintendo is just gonna publish they also, by Nintendo. They also put out a statement saying that they didn't want Nintendo to publish Bayonetta anymore. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how that <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Because oh, I, I bet I bet they want to try to buy the publishing rights for Bayonetta 2 so they mm. can put it out on PC and stuff. But Which would be cool because it's that playing that messy. at a higher frame rate. And then it gets weird because Sega's also I was gonna say technically Sega. a part of that. But yeah, there was some statement the other day where mm. he was like, I, yeah, I would like to be able to publish this ourselves, but we'll see how that goes. I, I mean, this is a good trial by fire thing of like, hey, can they publish a game and get it out there and have it work well and whatever. Mm. It's, it's, it's interesting. It is. Um, now the most interesting to me, and I'm very excited, they announced the Evo lineup, uh, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is Mm -hmm. going to be at Evo. It hasn't been there for over a decade. Right. And it is wild. But the bummer part of it is that it's only an eight-person tournament. Oh. It is like an invitational. 
Mm. Uh, so it will be good, like good matches of Marvel. I think that they have made a large mistake, and I hope that there is still time for them to just make it an open bracket. Right. Because, so I, Eris made a video talking about this where he also said he was bummed out that Mortal Kombat 11 didn't make it, even though he doesn't like Mortal Kombat 11. Right. Like, it sucks for Mortal Kombat fans. And he also went on this huge tangent that I agree with about Dragon Ball Fighters, where even people who love that game don't actually like it. Like, they just keep playing because they love Dragon Ball and mm-hmm. because they can make money off of it. Right. Like, I don't think anyone is passionate about that game anymore, so why is that still there, but Mortal Kombat's not? But, so so the thing he said about MVC2 is you get people who find tech in old games all the time. And, like, Yipes keeps doing those yearly tournaments, uh, the tournament of, I can't remember what the hell it's called, where he just, in his apartment, has a bunch of people come and play Marvel, and it's Mm -hmm. fucking crazy every time. And it reminds people of how awesome Marvel 2 was. And even though it's really unbalanced, like, there's still enough, there's 800 characters in that game, so there's enough diversity still for it to be, like, wild. Mm -hmm. Uh, Having a set bracket of eight people is you know that they'll all be good well and you but know what they're... about the random guy like this year people found out that pakistan had a lot of really good tekken players right mm-hmm. and like they just found that out because they were no longer they couldn't travel before the technology didn't exist whatever what about the guy who his local gas station or convenience store had an mvc2 cabinet and they just kept it there. Mm-hmm. And he just played it because it was like the thing that he could do. What about that guy? He could come to Evo and be like, hey, guess <laughs> what? You guys stop playing this game. I fucking play it every day still. Like, what about those people? You could just have a top eight in theory that is like totally people mm-hmm. who no one's ever fucking heard of. And they have all this tech. Like, what if there was one of those low tier characters that actually had some crazy broken shit? And, like, someone figured that out. And, like, here it is. Mm-hmm. That would be insane. Right. And I would love for that to happen, but I think they're still just going to keep it to the eight-person bracket. Yeah, because, like, this way they can market, like, these big eight names. And, like, you know yeah. these, you know these eight people are, like, going to part of it. And so part of it, there it. is a qualifier. So I guess either one or two people will come in through some qualifier tournament. But, mm-hmm. like, obviously they will have Yipes and, and Justin, Justin Wong, Wong as the two people. I will riot if Clockwork is not one of the people who is just able to be in the tournament. Even <clears throat> He could probably qualify regardless, right, right. but like, I, oh my god. I love people who play Marvel 2, and watching it is fucking crazy. Like, oh my god. It's just so fun to watch right. for me. I, Capcom also said that they will have some announcement mm-hmm. at EVO. What it uh, people think it's just they're gonna finally put Marvel Two on PC because it was re released on PS3 and that's like the most recent way you can play it or something. Okay. Uh, but people think that they're just gonna have some shitty port announcement or it'll be a remaster of Marvel Two where they just like upgrade it and add characters maybe, which I would accept that too. But it could be Marvel Four. Could be Marvel. <laughs> well, that'd be tight. You guess? That'd no. Be tight. No. I would want Marvel 4. No. That's what I want. No. No, I do. No. And it could be good. No, it won't. No, but it could be. I I have... But very... also, this is another situation like Knights of the Old Republic where they should not remaster MVC2 because it will break and then everyone who loves that game will be butthurt. 
And it's I, the same reason they should never re-release Melee. Because people it, will be like, it's slightly different, and then shut the it, fuck up. It, it's going to have to be slightly different. It's not going to be as responsive, just because of today's technology. Uh, yeah. And people are going to hate it for that reason. It's the same reason Melee will never no. go away from CRTs. I, so I wonder how they're going to play it. Like, mm-hmm. are they just going to fucking have a CRT with a Dreamcast on that shit? Or are they going to play, like, the weird, slightly delayed PS3 version? I mean, if you... If you or have... are they going to get the PS2 version, but then they got to find more than or a, a couple people? Ooh! <laughs> what if they're... Oh, that'd be tight. I mean, like, if it's an eight-person tournament, like... I, I know, s- that you don't need that much, but no, I'm saying, no. like, copies of MVC2 for PS2 are, like, hundreds of dollars. Well, I'm, so, sure, like, I know, I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they have it, but I'm just saying, like, that's, that's crazy. There's no way that, like... There are people in the fighting game community would that be just like, like no. no, okay, we don't have that. well, we're talking about the same community who in the Evo finals, a stick broke and mm. people were like, hey, kid, do you have a replacement stick? And everyone in the audience was like, no, I don't have a stick. What? <laughs> well, like, we don't use stick. We don't, but everybody <laughs> who's fucking at Evo does. Mm. Like, I don't know. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. But I, that is cool to me. Right, right. And then, yeah, Mortal Kombat didn't make it, which people are pretty upset about. Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle didn't make it, which I'm very excited about because I can't stand watching that game. Uh, the ones that did make it, like, uh, I mean, Street Fighter V. Yeah. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus will be new this year. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Soul Calibur VI, Tekken 7, Smash Ultimate. Undernight and Birth made it again. That's tight. Wow. Good for that community. Um, I think that might be it. But they're... I don't know. It's just... I, right. Evo's very exciting. Yeah, I... The, the When you talked about, like, Mortal Kombat not being there, it's definitely not there because of the numbers, because, like, it was at least one of the... Oh, yeah. I, I mean, definitely more people watch that Undernight. So, like... Well, and more people join in and, and, and like, compete as well. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't So, I don't it's got to be because of just I the would violence. bet it's because of the violence thing, because your videos get demonetized in that way or whatever, that's, but... What, what is going on with, like... God, that's so stupid. I mean, that happens with Call of Duty players, too. Like, people have a hard time posting Call of Duty videos and making money in the same way. God. YouTube's got weird rules, and yeah. the ad stuff is even weirder when you're at like the higher, the higher end. Because like you can post it and then have it not make you any money, but right, why, right. why do it at that point if that's your whole livelihood? You know what I mean? Yeah, unless yeah, like yeah. And I also just wonder if it's some weird business thing. Like I don't know what kind of business deals they make. Oh, Samurai Showdown is there as well, but I don't know what kind of like business deals they make with these people. Do they mm. like try to get them to also sponsor a certain amount of money? Well, I, but even then, like NetherRealm usually has like pop bonuses at like yeah. almost every tournament. Yeah, they, I was gonna say NetherRealm at least supports even like the smaller ones are like here's ten thousand dollar pop bonus a lot of times. Yeah, and I, and I would guess that the reason that Cross Tag Battle is not there anymore is just because Grand Blue came mm-hmm. out and it's another Arxis game. So just like slot out that one, put this one in there, and Dragon Ball people like and know Dragon Ball even right, if right. they don't necessarily like and know fighting games. So like. I, I get why that one is still there. I just don't. I, I don't. I wonder if like, like watching it or think it's. I mean, it's almost right, dead right. now. Like, yeah. it, not dead, but the game is almost out of its life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're not going to be any new characters next year or anything. Or, so yeah. that's just, they'll probably just make a sequel. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually asked my brother about that game, and I was like, 
did you ever like this game? And he was like, mm-hmm. no, not really. And I was like, you played it a lot and like went to tournaments. He's like, yeah, I played it because I was good at it. Right. And I was like, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he like did win money for that game and stuff. And then at a certain point, he was just like, it's too boring and I don't like it that much. So I, he stopped. And that was after like the initial rush of people were just playing it. Like he stopped after that. So. There was a huge hype yeah that first evo that first evo was wild they had the entrance numbers and the viewership numbers for that were crazy but even after that year like when the goichi sonic fox rivalry like slowly died down like that was the main thing that i think interested a lot of mainstream people is because it's something to latch on to like oh who's gonna win one of these two specific people or whatever um but then like as i as i've said like i think the matches get boring Oh, I think that they are too because there are like two combo paths per character. And they and then like five minutes into the match, the first character goes down. And you're like, oh my god, this is gonna go on forever. Yeah, they take a long time. I mean, Smash takes a long time too, it but does. Not, not in that same way. But like that's why I really like Marvel Three, and I guess Marvel Two the same way. Yeah. Where like that has a pace to it that <laughs> I fucking I watched a Marvel Two the other day, mm-hmm. and I God, I can't wait for Evo. It's it it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like watch, oh my god, Cable is ridiculous. Everybody uses Storm and her, her ice shards. So sick, can't wait. But yeah, I I find it interesting. And my brother also, he's someone who talks about fighting games more than we do. But yeah, he yeah, also yeah. didn't know I Samurai Showdown was there again. But I get that one because that since the last Evo has gotten like ten to twelve new characters in it or something. So, like, that game is still actually supported, and I I think it actually might be more popular this year than it was then. Okay. Because I think people just, like, watched it and were like, oh, I liked Samurai Showdown before, Mm -hmm. and then found out that it's more, like, less combo-based and more just the general fundamentals that get you into that. Now, was there a big backlash about Infiltration winning, like, post-Evo? I don't think so. Because, like, I heard some comments about it. So, I... I don't know the full scenario, but I heard most of those comments from, like, mainstream video game yes. media people, and people in the fighting game community didn't seem to really feel one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But Infiltration, I guess, was not actually banned from CPT. He just didn't go. Mm. So he will be now this year. So mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll start to see more backlash this year when right. he starts entering Street Fighter Five again. Mm-hmm. But this also... I. That's another reason why I think that some type of new Capcom fighting game has to come out is because, like, this year it seems like they're trying to sunset Street Fighter V, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be with the Street Fighter VI. So, I I really don't know. I I don't... Because they got to replay... They have to have a Capcom Cup, and I doubt that 2021 they're going to be like, Street Fighter V again! Except it's the same. (laughs) So, like, I, I don't really know. Marvel was supposed to be, like, also... Uh, Infinite was supposed to be that way, but they really half-assed that part as well. They yeah. they, they fucking... They smashed Infinite into its grave. Mm-hmm. Like, they hurried it in there yeah. after a certain point. And, like, now that all that stuff leaked about what the second season of DLC was supposed to be and, like, how many characters were originally planned to be in that game, it's fucking wild. It's so. also wild, like, they stuck with Street Fighter Five. But they just like. But like now it's come full circle, and now it's, which yeah. blows my fucking mind is because now that they all have second V skills and all the additional characters, it's just crazy. Like mm-hmm. a lot of weird stuff can happen, and now people are into it, and right. it's like, this, 
what the fuck happened here? How did you completely come full circle right. on this? I don't know. Like, I like Street Fighter Five, and I I have. It's I just... Mean, even when it came out, everyone said the fighting is good. Yes. So, like, they just rushed it out for the Capcom Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. When that clearly needed another six months or so. Yeah. But now it's in a place where it's like... Yeah. yeah. Right, there's a lot, so much content in that game. So much story content and stuff that... It's it's interesting enough on its own. I just... I don't think that it can be sustained for another year. Because I don't think they will have another large patch after this thing. Because you, you can't make a thing and basically call it the complete edition. And then be right. like, but we have more! You know what I mean? Unless they just... Street Fighter Five Two. Well, I was gonna say they just like they don't change anything and just have another season of like as is. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Because yeah, it definitely seems like they're trying to have this be the last Capcom mm-hmm. Pro Tour with Street Fighter Five. But who knows? Bring back Street Fighter Four. <laughs> hey, Street Fighter Four is one of the few games you can actually play on PS4. It is and modern consoles. So let's go. <laughs> That'll they'll remaster that. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right. So that's all I got about Evo. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, lots of uh, things happened in the industry as a whole. Yeah. That's I, I. At first, I was like, oh, there's just one, and then like three, three, ha- two. One of them blew my brain open. Which one? The, the Dan Hauser. Dan Hauser one. one yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Rod Ferguson left the coalition, so he, the the gears guy, yes. basically is no longer there and he went to blizzard to work on diablo yeah that's which was very shocking that's not even close to a third person shooter no which i mean he did other things i know and i think he did unreal and stuff at epic as well but yes and then he he's he's worked on like other projects like he helped uh bioshock infinite Ooh, and he's done other work as well interesting so he's he kind of bounced around a little bit, but yeah, like this was very shocking because like the coalition was very much just his team and his his development company. I mean, yeah, I, I mean because it, like the first three Gears games were very much like Cliff Blazinski. Yes, and and he was. But, in the I background. mean, Rod Ferguson was in the background yes. then, but people still knew who he was. Oh yes, yes. It's just this is, yeah. I would I would not have expected this. No, I no. guess, but maybe. The Gears franchise is like winding down now, or coming to like a natural conclusion for this right. arc. Yes, and yes. so maybe he just felt like it was time to try to move on to something else mm-hmm. and not work on Gears of War for the rest of his life. Did you see Cliffy B was tweeting that he would be willing to be a consultant? No, I didn't see that. Yes, I would not be willing for him to be a consultant. <laughs> and that's the same way. Like I don't think that they should let david jaffe be on god of war ever again it's mm-hmm. like i think they both had very specific ideas for what they wanted those franchises to be mm-hmm. and like now that gears is taking a more story heavy approach right. i don't know that you know cliffy b was also lawbreakers uh was yeah. just trending on twitter the other day i think it was because of no he specifically said something about like oh 
he said he was being too political with lawbreakers and that's why it didn't succeed and i was mm-hmm. like oh in the last two years when some of the most politically charged video games of all time came out and succeeded highly mm-hmm. yeah that's what made lawbreakers fail <laughs> not at all that you were mm-hmm. creating a multiplayer shooter that just wasn't that fun and I, was not you know i think it was fine, fine. i think it was fine i just, there was nothing like unique about yeah. it in the time that like overwatch was coming out and all these other <laughs> actually interesting shooters Mm -hmm. were coming out but yeah he shouldn't have been so political that was why that's why i failed obviously um that was uh, yeah so that was trending on twitter i Mm -hmm. thought that was pretty funny okay um but yeah dan hauser one of the co-founders of rockstar leaving rockstar which as far as i understand he did take like a he was on a sabbatical or something for a very long time since like 2019 or whatever sometime but and then he came back and he was like i just want to leave yeah and, like, this is an interesting one because, like, Rockstar, we don't know anything No, about. a lot of their internal working, so it's always fascinating when the weird shit mm-hmm. comes out. Like, the... Oh, I can't remember the guy's name a couple of years ago when they were... All the documentation came out about the lawsuit of, like, emails back and forth between mm-hmm. people. and Yeah, but, like, it, it's one of those things where it's, like, we assume Dan Hauser played a huge role in this company oh for sure i mean in any like documentary type thing mm-hmm. where they talk to someone it is him yes. that they talk to but we don't know like how much of an impact but i, I assume this is going to leave a huge impact especially because like he was the story guy yeah so like this is and i mean be... maybe maybe that was part of what prompted this is like gta 5 they scrapped any ideas they had for single player dlc because the online mode did so well and now red dead 2's online is getting to a place where people actually enjoy it right and like that just prints them money i have so i don't know that they have to make another single player story thing if they don't want to i have to imagine they're working on a gta 6 I would I would like to think that because I want to play a single player GTA 6 but I just they especially don't have to make that oh, ever no. if if they don't want to now the GTA 5 runs on PC and PS4 and stuff and they made their own launcher mm-hmm. so it's very strange yeah I, I just eventually that's going to die right I feel like I don't hear about GTA online as much as i used to no but that's but it still makes all Mm. of their money like right right. it's it's insane right because i don't think red dead online is as nearly as popular no i mean it wasn't as like featured obviously because gta online had had years and years i was gonna say like when gta online first launched, it was very bad but no i they i would have thought that they would have learned lessons for red dead online too but it they didn't no and so now i I hear about it every so often i guess it's a lot better now but you have to pay real money currency to unlock any of the new features that Mm. they add so like unless you earn the very small amounts you can in game i I guess it's just a pain in the ass like you have to pay to be able to get collectibles so like it's you you pay i can't remember if it's like gold bars or something Mm -hmm. but each thing costs around 15 gold bars or something so like oh this cool new thing came out guess i'll pay 15 gold bars and it's just like okay (laughs) (laughs) 
Because G- GTA Online is not like that. I mean, right. I think the casino thing that they recently added, you did have to pay for, but that was after years and years of uh, optional cars and shit that were the only things you had to pay for. So, yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And then the final one, Ryota Nitsuma, the producer of CVS, Capcom versus Tatsunoko, and Marvel vs. Capcom 3, is mm-hmm. he's gone now. Yeah. He left. And that's one reason why I don't know if it's going to be a Marvel 4. No, it's fine. But, like, if he was there, why wasn't he working on Marvel Infinite? They do that a lot. Capcom's (laughs) internal stuff doesn't make any sense to me because... Because, like, like he clearly was making good games. Because Ono was on... Street Fighter, right? but then they made... They did some weird thing, and now I think the Monster Hunter lead is the one that is, like, the fighting game director guy. (laughs) So I just don't really understand Mm -hmm. what their whole thing is. I mean, maybe they figured, like, well, you did a good job directing Monster Hunter World, so get in there. But, like, he did... Oh, no, Tatsunoko is a fine product, despite the fact that it was exclusive to the Wii. That seems like a... That seems like a bad business decision. Yeah, that I mean, I love that game. I yeah, think it's yeah. very fun, especially as a versus game. And it was crazy that it came out here because Tatsunoko characters don't exist in this country. They're like Saturday morning Japanese cartoon characters. Right. No one knows who half those people are. Uh, and yeah, VC3, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is a fucking... I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I did, yeah, I don't know. So and then like Marvel Infinite, it's like oh, it was a piece of trash. Yeah, it, it apparently he didn't. When I looked, I mean, it was the last thing he worked on was like 2014. Yeah, so I, so I, I was just like, what has he been doing the last six years? I wonder. And it, it's no surprise that he left. No, I, but I mean, Japanese companies do that a lot. Like that's one of the things when uh, Nomura was working on final fantasy versus 13 they gave it to tabata and they made a final fantasy 15 but then i don't know what he was working on because mm-hmm. i don't know that he was the lead on the dlc that got canceled and then he was just like yeah i'm done now mm-hmm. and i'm making my own company like what what was he doing unless yeah. he was still just doing the 15 dlc that they canceled it's, it's just weird they do a lot of stuff like that i think yeah, sega yeah. used to for sure but you don't. There's not as many like big name people at Sega anymore as there used to be. Like you know that Yu Suzuki and mm-hmm. uh, Inafune doesn't work there anymore either. So I feel like Japanese companies don't put their publishers and like the producers like. <clears throat> it seems like the Western companies like make them much more uh, he- like figureheads. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so so because well, like, I don't know. We see Ono a lot. We uh, everybody yes. sure you can. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, there's a couple that seem to, like, <laughs> yeah, definitely the, put themselves like, out Kojima there. Kojima is, like, yes. a narcissist, so yes. he has to be out there. But And I can't think of his name, but the Tekken guy. Oh, Harada. Harada, yeah. yes. I, there's a couple, but then, like, w- the Japanese, but then there's so many more, like, Oh, Western. definitely. Like, I mean, that's why Dan Hauser, we we know mm. that, and, like, a lot of people and know we don't know Ferguson, like, Cliff Blazinski, David Jaffe, like, yes. you know all these people. Or even, like, Casey Hudson is someone who works at Bioware. Like, why mm. do I know, why I shouldn't know who Casey Hudson is, but I do know that. Right. So, yeah, I, definitely American companies are way more out there. And, like, Corey Barlog, like, which, stuff like that. I mean, which Corey is 
like I feel like PlayStation really pushed Corey into. I think that too, but <laughs> which I mean, it seems like he's the type that was fine with it as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that documentary that we talked about last year. Was, yeah, it was primarily him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he clearly was fine being like. Yeah, he was fine being the face of mm-hmm. it after a certain point. So. All right, and that'll do it for the news. I think. Yes, that's all we got. So we'll move into what we have been playing. Mm-hmm. Which we've been playing uh, Wind Waker HD on the Wii U. Everyone's favorite console. It's a great, it's a great console. We were just talking about the Wii U. Yeah, I love it. In the great sales, I love it. it sold so well, <laughs> so good. I actually Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD. I think are in the top five oh, highest sure. selling games for the Wii U. I'm sure Smash. Uh, I think it's Mario Kart is the number one by some fucking ludicrous, insane mm-hmm. margin. To the point where like 90% of Wii U oh, owners yeah. have Mario Kart. And then Smash and then those two else afterwards, yeah. yeah. And maybe 3D World? Oh, that was the other. We didn't talk about that rumor. You... Is that 3D World is going to be, it's, it's might be coming out here. I just didn't put it because like we would say that and then there's not a lot more we can no, say but about it. it. I'm just saying. Yes. We, I'm just putting it out there. Yes. We it... could get what we want. Mm-hmm. We could be getting that game. Finally. I saw someone commented on the article I saw about that and was like, who fucking wants this? And I was like, what, the, what do you mean? <laughs> it was such a good game. I play it like I'll, every summer i pull out my wii u and i play through it it's fun and colorful mm-hmm. you got you can be peach and luigi and toad and rosalina if you unlock it it's that, that, great that's rosalina's a little too much <laughs> it's great very exciting mm-hmm. cat mario who doesn't love cat mario what about cat bowser what about cat bowser <laughs> fuck can't wait I hope that's real. I'll buy that shit. I mean, it's got to be real. Well, yeah, because why wouldn't they? But I would have thought, why wouldn't it already be out, Matt? Because they're pacing them, and like, and what I, else do they I have this But I think that's year? funny, because now that the Wonderful 101 will be on Switch, and if that comes out too, I think there are maybe five games mm-hmm. maximum that are still trapped on the Wii U. Two of which are Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess HD, which are just remasters. Right. The Fatal Frame game mm-hmm. that I think was digital only, uh, and Xenoblade Chronicles X, which I think the reason that one is not happening is because it's a huge game. They right, probably right. just don't want to do it. But yeah, like four games are all I can You're think of. You're forgetting one. What is that? Star Fox. Oh, yeah. That was not happening. <laughs> They're not going to do that one. <laughs> They're not going to do that. No, that, that, that's going to get buried. In and more. I guess like I wouldn't expect them to port Mario Party 9. Oh, because yeah, they just—I yeah. don't know—they made the, they made ten, so it's fine. And ten is better than nine. And same thing, like Splatoon two came out. So yeah, it's like, you know. So yeah, there's like five games that exist on the Wii U that don't exist in other places. Mm-hmm. It's insane. They were all rescued. Yeah, but and some are being left behind. And then I guess if you count the Virtual Console. Oh yeah, that, well that's that's being left behind. That for is sure. Left they behind. definitely are yes. not bringing that back. Uh, yeah, so Wind Waker HD, mm-hmm. it's yeah. colorful and fun. I don't know. I yeah, like it. it's, you, you have a boat and you sail around and yeah. go to different islands and I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it. No, I don't. There's not, I mean, we're only on the, we did the first two dungeons and then, um, we're in the, you put the pearls in the three statues and right. then it raises up the tower and so we are in the tower does it 
pick up at a certain point and just kind of like and then you just go on like a major dungeon rush I don't know that you ever go on a major dungeon rush. I mean, there are more dungeons for sure. Well, I'm just there's wondering. There's at least four or five more, I think. There's not eight? I don't know that there's eight. Okay. Like, I guess I was just thinking of, like, the traditional, like, because I don't okay. remember fully because this one is weird because that island that we went to that was destroyed. Right. That is supposed to be a dungeon that has the pearl, but then it got destroyed by Ganon or whatever. Mm. So that's why the fish was in a different area with the pearl. Okay. There, oh boy, there's a part I remember of this game that I remember finding crazy. Okay, I, I, I don't know why I was thinking there was going to be eight dungeons. Uh, there's either seven or eight total, I don't remember. Because, like, we're we're ten hours in-ish, Ish. and we've done two. Two, and I guess technically the uh, the Pirate Fortress is another one. Right, which Because then you have to go back. We're going to have to go back to it. But, like, I was just thinking, like, the game's, like, 25, 30 hours, and ten hours in, we've only done two. So yeah. I was like... In these, there's got to be like a moment where we're just like doing dungeon after dungeon. Yeah, and so a lot of that was, a lot of the game time I think comes from the sea travel. Right. And then the Wii U version cuts out a lot of that with the better sail. And which we got. Uh, it also cuts out like five or six hours of a ridiculous backtracking mission to get mm. the Triforce. So you definitely lose a lot of time mm -hmm. in the HD version, which I think is a positive overall. Yeah, I mean, sure. like, you know, cutting a, cutting some of the fat off a game is not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, no, it's not a bad thing. Whereas which, Kojima, take notes, please. Yeah, and the Twilight Princess didn't have those same type of sequences where, like, there was just a lot of weird fluff. So I don't think there were many yes. changes in Twilight Princess. There was one where you have to, like, collect 15 or 16 diamonds or something as the wolf. Oh, I don't remember that. And but they, I also didn't beat Twilight Princess. This was fairly early on. Interesting. It, uh, like, it's like one of the first times you're as the wolf and you have to, like, run around collecting, like, 16 items. They trimmed that down to, like, 10 or 12 oh, Maybe or I just don't remember that. Mm -hmm. I do know that, that they did trim some of, the, some of that. Uh, but other than that, I don't think they made too many changes to Twilight Princess. If they re-release Twilight Princess on Switch, I'll play it. Mm. I'll actually do it this time. Whereas... Right now, the only way I have to play it is on the Wii. You could play it on the Wii U. I could, but I'd have to buy it then. Mm. And I would much rather just buy a Switch version of it. Yeah. And... Yeah, I assume the Wii U version hasn't gone down at all. No. They're all, it's, <laughs> I bet every fucking Wii U game still costs at least $50. Yeah. And that pisses me off so much. Yeah. Because it's like, look, man, this console's dead now. No one has it. Don't you want to just get rid of this copy? No, but it, it's the same thing. Like I told you, when I was in Japan, there were no GameCube games used. And if there were, they were like full-price GameCube right. games. And it was like, I'm not paying $60 US dollars for fucking Mario Power Tennis in 2019. Right. I'm not doing it. Okay, this is like a special edition. Oh, that's edition. a special edition with the Amiibo. Which you, you may have to get that so you can. <laughs> I am okay. Amiibo it up. I don't need mid, the Midna Amiibo. Okay, this can't be right. No, it can be. <laughs> Eighty-six. Oh yeah, I, I bet you anything that like they just didn't produce that many copies, and mm. now that's what we're left with. Hmm. And I bet the GameCube. Was it? No, that one didn't come out. Yeah, this is from Nintendo, so it's literally eighty-six dollars. And then it, oh the shit. But you can you can buy it used for thirty three. No, Twilight Princess did also come out on GameCube, and I bet yeah. you that version costs eight hundred dollars. 
because uh, I bet the Wii, yeah, the Wii version's only thirty. Oh yeah, but that's because everybody bought the Wii and was like, I gotta get Zelda with it. Right. But I bet the GameCube version actually costs over a hundred dollars, which is not so. Yeah. I'll have to ask Scott if he has that. I bet he does. Why not make a Super Mario game or paper? Super I Paper. I, Mario. I love Super Paper, paper Mario. Yeah. They should re-release that as well. People were mad about that because it was a platformer and not like a traditional RPG. What if they did re-release? Uh, thousand year door they should do that too they should just really release every nintendo game again <laughs> i will i'll you know i'm down for it they, uh, yeah uh so yeah i don't have much to say about wind waker it's a zelda yeah, game yeah. and we're going through it, mm-hmm. it uh but you had an interesting experience with saints row the third i did i because played it now you can't play it anymore. i can play it no but it's so yeah, like, it on game pass yeah so i was playing it on game pass which i had it downloaded for months and i was just like yeah. i'm eventually gonna get around to this and then i eventually was like i'm gonna start playing it so i started playing it and i got mm, probably about 10 hours in which the whole game is like 12 hours yeah it's not super long which for an open world that's like really short it's actually a smaller open world it is a small yeah. open world and you just kind of run around it's i it's less wacky than I thought it was going to be. Like, narrative beats are kind of wacky, but, like... Well, but that... Uh, yeah. Like, what you're actually doing is just basically just... Oh, it, she's, like, in my coat. So, but, like, anyway, so as I was saying, like, you're just kind of basically running around and just very generic third-person shooting most of the time. Yes, but I think... So the thing that is wacky about it quote unquote is all the stuff that i don't like about it right so like when you go around and like beat people with a dildo Mm -hmm. like that's wacky quote unquote i think is what most people are going for or like in the beginning there's the isn't that the game where you parachute out of the plane while uh power by kanye west is playing yeah yeah. Uh yeah yeah i mean but like a lot of the, the quote-unquote wacky stuff is just, like, in cutscenes where, yeah, like, yeah. A, a guy walks out and he's holding a dildo that's basically human size. And it's like, I, I maybe I'm just hit the point where, like, I don't think that stuff is that funny. I yeah, I also, I don't think a lot of the humor in that game aged particularly well. And it did it just not age well or are we just, like, older? And no, but I also funny? didn't like it when it came out. But, like, other people did, and, like... Yeah. So, I, I don't know, but No, like, I, re- I specifically remember, like, it won all kinds of Game yes. of the Year awards and stuff, and I... It was free on PlayStation Plus, and I played, like, probably halfway through mm-hmm. on the PS3, and I just... I, I don't get it. Right, yeah. I, yeah. It's just weird. I me. do like the aspect of... Basically, the experience is just money... You just get money, and then you can spend the money on skill points mm-hmm. and just kind of upgrading your character. I did enjoy that, and I was like, this game's short enough, I can finish it. So as I said, I was 10 hours in. I only had a couple more missions to go, and it got removed on Game Pass on February 1st. And it was February 1st was a Saturday, so I was like, I'm going to finish it this weekend. And then it's like, oh no, you have to buy this game. And so I just decided to move on and play other games. You're never going to see the epic conclusion. No. How are you going to be able to play 4 now when they all become super-powered people? I'll just play 4. I think I'll like 4 more. Uh, I, I, If you didn't like the humor 
of three, I don't think you're going to like four. But, like, I know you can fly around. So I I'm... know, and it's kind of like Crackdown, so maybe you'll like it. That's why I'm like, yeah. maybe I'll like just, like, the traversal. But I remember around. when I saw four, I was just like, oh, this one's extra not for me. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't even try four, right. but I've seen a lot of gameplay. And then, like, whatever the fuck, the DLC where they bring back Johnny Gat. Got Gat out of hell. As if I'm supposed to care about any Saints Row character. Mm. But I also, I didn't like three, so obviously I don't give a fuck. It, it just it's weird it is very weird and just whatever it, it's just one of those things where like i just made plans to finish it and so i just kind of felt unsatisfied that weekend i mean i get that i would be pissed off too i wasn't pissed off i was which it's my fault i should have been paying yeah but also like that's that's the fear right mm-hmm. like this is the exemplifies the fear that people have with game pass is will those games be there forever no, they won't because like licensing deals run out and right. things, and, and then... especially with that, where it's like licensed songs, I bet that gets. I even... bet that's probably even worse. But yeah, I mean, you don't have to worry about Microsoft first party games leaving. But... Not like as far as I understand, like Forza Horizon and stuff, because they're all licensed songs. Eventually, oh. they will be delisted. Dang, well that sucks. So yeah, mm-hmm. but like I, I've. And that's why some people are like, I don't know if I want to buy DLC for a game I don't own. And oh, I no, I definitely to... don't want to buy DLC for a game I don't own. But I didn't feel bad, because, like, I put enough hours into Forza Horizon. I got Well, yeah, money. but also, I like, got if they delisted worth. Forza, you could just buy Forza. You well, exactly. I, and you would, whereas this you didn't enjoy enough to be like, do I want to pay $15 to finish Saints Row for two hours? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. No. So, I just feel I... a little unsatisfied, so, but whatever. Yeah, but, the, but that is the way that saints row diverged from gta and where like gta took the more serious route yes whereas saints row took the goofy dildo bat action to the next level see that which is what i didn't want it's it's what i like san andreas has a lot of weird goofy shit in it but it's still i i don't know there's just something i actually like about san andreas and then four was like too real for a lot of people Mm -hmm. because it didn't have almost any of that weird goofy stuff (laughs) uh but then five had a split but it still wasn't quite saints row level Uh, yeah it's just weird i see like this i kind of have to start thinking about like put like my mindset of like it was like 2012 2013 when this game came out Mm -hmm. like i can kind of understand why people were so excited about this game because like you think about other third person shooters at the time, they all went gritty and serious and they were all cover shooters. Yeah. And this is just supposed to be a dumb fun gang thing. And some of the stuff is really stupid in it. Yes. I don't know, but yeah, it just didn't do it. It doesn't do it for me. Which you're not a big shooter guy, but like if you're really into shooters and like everything's a gritty cover based shooter and then there's this that like, Oh, this is what, like shoot like third person shooters used to be yeah i can kind of understand why people were excited about like just something different and new that they hadn't seen in five six years yeah but i mean like it still has the same gameplay as gta though i, I and like i like gta so I don't, well yeah whatever. but like but if you were like disappointed that gta went all serious uh, no i get it but saints row 2 was that well yeah three is another step beyond yes yes and then four is a completely different step beyond. Mm-hmm. 
into weird VR superpower space, and it has the equivalent of the Normandy from Mass Effect, and he can romance uh, Keith David on the ship. So, like, you mm -hmm. know, they took it to another extreme yeah, yeah, with yeah. four, and then get out of hell. It was just another weird side. It's, I, I don't know. Yeah. And a... I thought it was cool that Volition was, like, saved when THQ went out of business, but they're probably never going to make a Saints Row 5. So they made Agents of Mayhem. They did, and that didn't do super well. No, and that's that. I feel like is what the logical progression of right. Saints Row was, and then people turns out didn't actually want that. So it's weird. Yeah, well, weird. You but, also played uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. I did. This was which one is this one? Because there was Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare. Is Infinite Warfare space? Infinite Warfare is space. It's the Infinity Ward. Oh, that makes sense. And so this one is mostly futuristic? It's advanced. Like, yes, it's futuristic, but it's still, like, Earth. They have, like, mechs? suits or yes something? they have okay. mech suits and you there's kevin bacon oh this is the kevin bacon one yes and like it is the most generic military plot you could possibly uh, have yeah do you want me to spoil what happens i'd go for it okay i'll let you try to fill in some of the blanks and so but okay. like, you're a military you're in the military uh-huh u.s military and then you get injured and lose your arm okay do i get a robot arm I'm not there yet. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's son is, like, killed in the mission as well. So, like, uh -huh. you lose your arm, Kevin Bacon's son. So then, like, you're delisted from the military, and then Kevin Bacon's like, I ha have, like, a private army. In the oh, you can come PMC join with me. Good. You can come join me, and we're doing good work. I'll get you a robot arm. So then you get, nice. like, you get a robot arm Very from excited. Kevin Bacon. Would it surprise you to find out that Kevin Bacon's private army ends up being evil? No, I'm it, not surprised. Are you sure you're not surprised I'm positive. by this? Because <laughs> any time there is a PMC yeah. in a video game, it's not good. No, so like you, you start you start doing missions for them, and like instantly, I'm like, you're like, oh, these uh, are not good missions. These are well, no, they they're fine missions. No, I mean like they're not. You're not doing good things. No, you're not even doing like, oh. necessarily bad things, but you're just like. I know where this is going. Yeah. This is going to end up being the evil organization and the evil U.S. Army is actually the good guys. So then you end up joining with Kevin Bacon for a little while and then he turns evil and, like, <clears throat> it turns out that there was, like, this big, ex like, uh, bombing and Kevin Bacon, he knew about it and let it happen so then he could use his private military to then get all this funding and make all this money and then he declares war on the un at one point and then you start then you join the back with the americans and then you fight to take down kevin bacon's private army okay yeah that's fun it was a very generic story mm -hmm. as i said but, but they like, got kevin bacon they, which with all the stuff that's happened with kevin bacon in the last couple of years yeah, uh -huh. it, that's it, yeah it it's not ooh. it doesn't feel great that no. he's there. No, well but he was a bad guy. He was the bad guy, which was so predictable, by the way. <laughs> oh well, no shit. Like <laughs> you can tell that in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is a very divisive, like gameplay wise, for me as well. Does Be this one have wall running? No. Okay. I and and that stuff wouldn't even bother me. No. It's just that like 
I would say 80 to 90 percent of the times I died, it was just because of failed quick time events. And you're like, oh, nice. I love failed quick time and, events. And you're just like, oh, this is cool. And it, and it, a lot of times it's like I swore I hit the button. So like I don't know. It's just one of those things where like when the action was going, it was fine and it was fun. But like just when you're dying over and over again from failed quick time events, it gets very frustrating. Yeah, that's not good. Mm. But it did have one stealth mission that I really liked. Oh, that's not two words I usually hear together. Stealth <laughs> mission and liking. But, like, you had this, like, grapple hook thing. Mm. So you could, like, you would just kind of whistle them over. They'd get kind of close, which maybe ten feet away. And you could just grapple hook them and just pull them in and mm. choke them out. Okay. So, like, that was fun. Cause, that like, is cool. You didn't have to get very close. You didn't have... You could just very lazily... It, and it was very forgiving, the the stealth. So, like, that mission was a lot of fun to yeah. just kind of move around and stealth people. But okay. <clears throat> I would say this was just a very average game, which I've I've owned it. Act- I've actually owned it for a while, and I bought it really cheap from from somewhere. I don't even remember where. But And then it was just kind of sitting, and I was like, you know what? I should just play this because it, it's going to be like five, six hours, and I'll get through it. Yeah. And then you moved on to Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, yeah. Are you still playing that now? Yes, I'm only about 20 hours in. Okay. I don't know how long it is. It, I remember those games being like 20 to 30 hours. I would usually. estimate, like, to do the whole thing, I would guess would take less than 40 hours. Yeah. So, like, but yeah, probably like 30 hours to complete the game. So, yeah, Syndicate is the last Assassin's Creed game of what it originally was like before they rebooted it into Origins and Mm -hmm. uh, Odyssey with a different style of combat and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I'm really liking it. I think it might... I think I like it more than Origins, Mm. which it's the same team that made Odyssey. Yeah. But yeah, which I showed you, the grapple hook, which is just... Yeah, grapple hook, that would be really good in one of those early Assassin's Creed games. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, you can already climb almost anything. So yeah, you're just so like, why not just go right to the top of it or yeah. high up on it? Which, I mean, you can, which just speeds up the whole process yeah. as well. So you're not having to just run up. You can just grapple hook your way up to the top, and that's just a lot of fun. And you're just kind of running around this very digestible open world. It's, I think it's the perfect size open world. It's probably around the same size as, like, Insomniac Spider Man. Okay. Which, that was, once again, like a very digestible yeah. uh, open world, in my opinion. I think opinion. part of that is also because that one is really easy to get around in uh, like, yes. very quickly. But, I mean, it's also not, like, huge. No, no. So, yeah. It, which, once again, that's just fun to, like, move around the open world, which most Assassin's Creed games are fun to do that. But Yeah, usually. But, yeah, this one is set in, like, 19th century London. Mm-hmm. And it has that, like... That music. Yeah. (laughs) And I I, I think it's an interesting time period. You're, like, meeting up with, like, Charles Darwin and Charles Dickens and... Assassin's Creed, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Charles Dickens. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Those were always my least favorite parts of Assassin's Creed games, I think. When you, like, meet... It's like, we're meeting up with Leonardo da Vinci later. Mm -hmm. And you're like... We sure are. <laughs> you don't want to meet up with Cleopatra. No, I just think it's funny. It is because funny. like they play. It's played so straight because right. the way those stories are, no one would be like, really. Mm-hmm. We 
in all of these, we meet every historical figure that was prominent at this time period, mm-hmm. and they just like were an assassin or helped that assassin. Like we're just okay. Mm-hmm. We'll take take yeah, a yeah. face value. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah every time, <laughs> every time. I, uh, but yeah, they're always like, oh, well, mm. like Da Vinci was always like, well, I made you these dope assassin weapons. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, uh, all right, <laughs> Thank thanks, you. thanks, Thank bro. You. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's, weird. Yeah. But I don't think they get enough credit for how much they have to do a lot of his. Oh, did they? Like, yeah, there's a lot of historical stuff. That's why in the newer ones, it's cool. They have those modes where you can just mm-hmm. like explore and yeah, then yeah. learn about the various landmarks right, right. and things because they they do actually are, make them pretty historically accurate yes, in terms yes. of the setting and stuff. Yeah, which I mean, obviously for the games themselves, they have to take a lot of like leaps of logic and but like they yeah. But at the same time, they have to put an insane amount of like research oh yeah for like how the architecture was or if they're actually modeling it on a real place it has to actually look like that Mm -hmm. be accurate enough yeah so i I mean but yeah i I just think the assassin Creed games are fun this is a weird one where like i i looked it up and i was like man this is a lot of fun it did not have a great metacritic so it doesn't seem like it i wouldn't have expected it to i think by the time that unity had come out people mm. were so done with assassin's creed oh yeah, yeah that this one came out and they were like oh this is like a good one of those right but do we want to continue playing a one of those you know mm. what i mean yeah yeah because I I, I I remember hearing nothing negative about syndicate when yeah, it came yeah. out like anyone who played it was like yeah it's a good assassin's creed game i'm enjoying it mm-hmm. it's an assassin's creed game yeah from what so. i the reason why i was just surprised because like it was like a 76 and i was like oh because from what I had heard, a lot of people said that this was their favorite or they thought this was the best of the old style. Mm. And and that would make sense. Like Yeah, it's the most recent it's one. It's the most recent one. So if they're iterative at all, I mean, like, the last one should be the best one in theory. In theory, yes. Um, Doesn't always happen, though. No. <laughs> you always wonder, like, how did this get worse? Yeah. Like, sometimes you're like, okay, I've done this ten times now. Like... This is a good game, but I just don't want to do it anymore. And I think that might be, like, this case where, like, Unity was just broken. It it was, but on top of that, I think even if you played it now and it was fixed, like, it's just not good. See, that's where, like, you say that, but if I go on the subreddit, they think, like, the subreddit thinks that Unity is the best assassin's creed game which is just crazy that's crazy i so unity was the first one where i really started to hate assassin's creed storytelling Mm. but three was where i started to notice it they have all these scenes that made me wonder if i just was blacking out at Mm -hmm. random times where things would happen and then it just like kind of fades out and fades back in at a completely different time as if like i knew what happened in between those two things or like time is happening non-linearly and it just seemed to me like just lazy storytelling where just like everything is so disjointed and stupid are you talking about the modern day or the historical the historical okay and so it would just three i remember that very specifically because there's this part where you go to prison Mm -hmm. and i just remember being like did i miss like an hour of cutscenes? because i have no idea why i am here or what the fuck is even happening anymore Mm -hmm. and unity had that a lot 
But also on top of it being weird and disjointed like that, there are scenes where Arno gets drunk and like blacks out as mm-hmm. well. It's just like, this is, I just think the storytelling is bad. See this one, I, but like it, this is also a different team. Yeah, but yeah, I think the storytelling—it's cohesive. You you have the two protagonists. Yeah, they're twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, this is probably the first one where you know you you see that you can have like which is when you had have to play as both. Where now now in the future, I I have to imagine every Assassin's Creed is going to be like Odyssey, where you can kind of pick male or female. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see how they can go back from that at this point. You would think that. I bet they'll go back. You think so? Mm-hmm. I, the only reason why I would think that is because Syndicate, you could switch between the two. Or, or Odyssey, you could switch. You know, you could pick between the two. And that's the same team. And now that team's moved on to Gods and Monsters. Mm-hmm. So maybe the Origins team will just stick to the one. Yeah, I don't know. But also, isn't it supposed to be Vikings? It's Vikings. Yeah, so I would... I don't know. Were there a lot of lady Vikings? I mean, were there a lot of lady Spartans? Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. So, I... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So. Did you see that, that, uh, that Ubisoft said that they expect to have five games or four games release between the beginning of summer and uh october i could imagine and then they said that there are two unannounced games in that batch spoilers it's assassin's creed yeah. and something else so great yeah because like gods and monsters um watchdogs watchdogs uh assassin's creed assassin's creed that'd be three we don't know one of them. Uh, Jason Trier basically said that it's not Splinter Cell. Spl- not Splinter Cell. So, that's all I remember. I don't think we're going to see a Far Cry. No. But I would bet that because they didn't announce it, I would bet that Assassin's Creed will actually be a launch game for the new consoles oh, yeah, at yeah. that point. Which I us- that's usually f- later fall anyways. Because I remember that one day when Origins came out, Mario Odyssey, Odyssey came out as well, and Wolfenstein all yeah. on the same day, and that was like late October. Because I remember, yes, it was. Because I remember, I went to Walmart at midnight and mm-hmm. said, "A new game came out today. I want to buy it." And she's like, "Which one of the three? And I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. I just want Mario Odyssey." Right. And then she was like, "Oh, well, this Assassin's Creed game and this Wolfenstein came out." And I was like, "Okay, yes, <laughs> yeah." That was. That was a crazy day. That was, yeah. Because like those were three, three very huge releases. Yes, this time yeah. and ended up being three very good games as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you yeah. also played DMC. Yes, I am playing through DMC the, the reboot. Yes, of Devil May Cry that they unrebooted. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you want me to get on my soapbox? Sure. I'm gonna join the internet and say that new Dante sucks. Oh, he's fine. No, he's... I, I don't know. There's just something about it that just doesn't come off right to me. But, it's... like, that's what I think is crazy about this, is mm. 5 is that. Again. I know. It's more just the way he looks. Okay. 
And also, like, he is a little different in 5 and compared No, to I mean, but the tone of 5 is this game. Yes, yes. Don't like, really... there is no there is no difference. Nico is that character. Yes, yes. Like, I, she just is what that game was. But like, I, but, like, at the beginning of the game, he's having a threesome. Dante is. He is. But so, also, every God of War game started with that. Well, I, well yeah, but we're talking... We're, like, the, totally that uh, stuff no, didn't know. happen in 5. Yeah. And just well, there's a lot of just like weird, weird stuff, shots of like, naked ladies. Yes, yes, there is. But like him having like a threesome, it's just like, what is this game? No, that is weird. Uh, did you get to the uh, like Fox News stage yet, where like the guy who is essentially uh, Glenn Beck or whatever is like, it's really weird. I am in that moment okay. now. Yeah, so that stage is mm-hmm. strange. Yes, because like it's we went to the facility and then we had to go underneath and i just killed the succubus Mm -hmm. which is not what i expected the succubus to look like yeah because like i expect succubuses to look womanly Mm -hmm. because like that's what usually succubuses are yeah I, they did a lot of weird design stuff yeah, in this game. Didn't. So the thing that I think is funny is people immediately stopped giving a shit about Dante, mm-hmm. and now the only thing anyone talks about with this game is how they hated the gameplay back then. I'm not going to... The, the gameplay's solid and fun. Yeah, that, I, like, I enjoyed it at the time. Yeah, I, yeah. It's not what Devil May Cry was. Right. It's more like... It, I don't know, like, it has puzzly elements, because, like, you gotta do the certain colors for certain enemies and things. It feels and, a little bit more like B, uh, Bayonetta. Yeah. And, uh, like, I enjoyed that, but the thing right, that right. people go back to is, like, oh, well, the game just sucked all around. Right, and I was right. like, I don't think I, no, that's I, true. No, I I just don't like the way he looks. Okay. That's fair. That, I'm, it's, that's just, it's just a weird change. I don't know. It is, but he looks the same at the end. He does? Well, like... I mean, enough. Like, the the main difference would be that he would have white hair. Which, they like, I actually added that. Like, they, they added that to the PS4 version, at least, where you can, like, put on a skin. Oh, well, that's... And, like, you know, just, like, he looks like old Dante. What the fuck is going to happen in the story, then? Well, like, here's where it gets weird. Some of the cutscenes, he looks like the original. Okay. And then sometimes he has, like, the, the weird Dante skin. I was going to say, what the... Because f- the ending of that game will be very weird if he already has white hair. He has white hair. Okay, so it's going to be weird. But, like, I I don't know. And then, like, when he goes devil trigger as well as when he usually gets white hair. I don't have Okay. Wait, at that far in the game, you don't have devil trigger? No. That can't be true. I don't think. I don't know. I, I, I played that game in two sittings, so I guess I, right, a lot right. of it blends together. But. I'm, I mean, realistically, I'm only three, four hours in. Hmm. So I don't know how long the game is. Yeah, I guess I don't remember. That game was a blur mm. back in the PS3 days. Here's the thing: like, is it kind of retelling the story a little bit of? Because like, I didn't play any of the other Devil May Cry games. I mean, games, like, not so. really. Okay, it's just like the characters are the same. So, but like, Virgil and Dante are like friendly right now. Yeah, is that how it used to be? Sort of. Okay. So the cutscene, I think, I think of this cutscene on a fairly regular basis. Okay. Because of how stupid it is. Not from that game, from Devil May Cry Three, mm-hmm. where people love Virgil as a character, and this is why I can't take it seriously at all. Right. Right. The final battle of that game is Dante and Virgil fighting in the rain on top of this the tower that appears, 
and they look the same. Like, they have the same hairstyle. Right. But then Virgil's hair gets wet, and he uses his hand to, like, style it up like he is in all the other games. And I was like, this is the character you all love. <laughs> is He's the same fucking character, but his hair got wet. And, like, I think about that all the time. <laughs> and so people still really like Virgil's portrayal in this game. And, like, right, they try right. to say that he's, like, way better than Dante. And just doesn't do it for me, man. I don't know. But you're you're right. They are friendly. You just gotta finish the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I'm. As you know, I, I like to play three games at once. So like, I'm. Yeah, the final boss fight of DMC is my favorite fight in the game for sure. Mm. Um, and then there was DLC where you play as Virgil. Yeah, like and which the PS4 version has, has that. that. Yeah, I didn't buy that because I wasn't going to pay fifteen dollars for it to play for Virgil for an hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. But people really like that DLC too, mm-hmm. which is why I was excited to see how they just like continue that franchise, and then they didn't get to. So yeah, I'm guessing. I I mean it for me personally, it's just it's just such a weird design to like change the way he looks. I don't I. But Don't. it's just like it was a reboot, and like it is, guess, it's supposed to be different, and like that's why that, I think I people that. were like, "What are they going to fucking reboot it and have Dante be exactly the same? What is the? Why did you do it then? Well, like why? Why did they re uh, Why did they unreboot it? That's what I don't get. Is like. Mm. I, I honestly don't think that there are actually enough Devil May Cry fans in mm. the world for them to have made five. Like, I, I like Devil May Cry 5, and I am a Devil May Cry fan. Right. But I think that people who yell about Devil May Cry are such a vocal minority mm-hmm. that when they were like, we're making 5, I was like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, it turned out really good, and we both yeah, enjoyed yeah, yeah. it. I just, I don't know that there are that many Devil May Cry fans. I, I don't have a, I, yeah, yeah. Which is strange. No and, like, they added him to, like, the PS2 version of Beautiful Joe. Mm-hmm. He is in uh, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne as mm-hmm. a summonable demon. Like, he made cameos and stuff, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know if Dante is actually that iconic character or if it's just the sphere of influence that I am in knows who Dante is. <laughs> right. And I, I can never separate myself from that now. So mm-hmm. it's really weird. And I don't know if he's actually popular or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I am curious to see what you think at the end of this game, if you st- if like the gameplay holds up until the end or if you get tired of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm having fun just kind of, yeah. like, hack and slashing my way and but like it's, air juggles and stuff. I, people, I remember saying they thought that it was, it got really samey at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, I don't think that it's long enough for me to really f- have been burned out on it. Or right. something, maybe if I had played through it again on other difficulties, I would have felt that way. But, uh, yeah, I was one of the people who played this game and was like, oh, I actually like this game. Yeah, I think, uh, I think gameplay-wise, it's fine. And, like, tonally-wise, it doesn't really bother me that much. And, like... It is kind of interesting not having that context of all of the, like that, yeah, the, the old stuff. Ones. Like, so like I don't really know like the history of Sparta and then their mother and stuff. So yeah. like, I don't know if how how like if that's similar. I, I mean, they are similar, but mm-hmm. I, like everything, it has right. differences that normal people probably don't even notice. Right. Uh, the big thing is like for me, the big standouts were one. I know, and this is maybe from 3, 4, and 5, that, like, Virgil and Dante are not very friendly as brothers, and they're fighting each other for mm-hmm. whatever reason. So, like, seeing them work together, it was like, well, this is kind of a weird thing. It is weird, yeah. And then the other thing is just, like, how he looked. And I was like, this just seems weird to me. 
Yeah, I. Yeah. It was just very jarring. It, no, it, I get it. It'd be like playing a Nathan Drake game, but he has like blonde hair, <laughs> long blonde hair or something, and you'd be like, "Why did they make this change?" Well. But I mean, if it's a reboot, I'd, it would I'd, bother I'd, me. I'd, it I'd, would. I would not care. Like, if it's a reboot care. and you, it's like an okay game. I just don't give a shit. Okay. He can look like yeah. He could look like anything, and if it's still a fun game, that's okay. Like the story of Devil May Cry and who Dante is as a character is so ancillary to my experience mm. in a Devil May Cry game that I just mm. yeah, it didn't matter to me. Whereas I, people are really attached to Dante as a character. Clearly. I have learned, mm-hmm. and I just do not feel that way. Okay. Like, I think he's fine. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I just, people get so mad when I talk about Virgil. But I just, I I literally don't get that one. <laughs> like, why people think he is the greatest character ever created. I just, mm. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't. Me either. <laughs> so that's on Twive. And then people are like, what? He's the best. And it's like, okay. Sure. Yeah, I did enjoy his combos in Marvel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, for a little while. Until you're like, oh, God, this character. And then finally, the last game I've been playing. Yeah, SteamWorld Heist. Steam so World the Heist. SteamWorld team, each yes. time they make a different game. Until they made SteamWorld Dig 2. But it's like a different genre almost yes which actually i did play steamroll dig as well nice because i, I bought the collection mm. it, which the collection came with steamroll dig the first one and steamroll heist so i played through steamroll dig i don't have a ton of things to say it was like it's like steamroll dig 2 which i talked about and played and yeah. i liked and i liked steamroll dig 1 now steamroll heist is interesting because it's like a turn based XCOM style. Yeah, it's like a tactical mm-hmm. 2D turn-based game, yes. basically. Where you're just kind of moving around an area and as you said, 2D. And then but like and then and then you have different options of different things you can menu options you can do, which most of the time you just want to shoot. So then <clears throat> but you have to aim the gun physically, so you're just kind of like aiming it up and down, and maybe there's someone above you and you can shoot, or someone below you, or forward, or sometimes like, it, and it can get challenging. Because, oh, I bet. I remember people saying they thought it was really hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is very difficult. Um, and some of the guns are like quote unquote sniper rifles, where it kind of gives you a line so you know where you're shooting. But most of the guns, they don't have that line. So you're having to just kind of eyeball it and hope for the best. Mm, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, this is definitely a very difficult game. But I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I have liked all of their stuff. I played like halfway through SteamWorld Dig 1, mm-hmm. and I it just didn't grab me enough. But then I like we played SteamWorld Quest, Quest yes. and I, I like watching people play SteamWorld Dig. Mm-hmm. I just don't like playing it for whatever reason. Oh, that's weird. Uh, I, where I think like especially two is one of the best Metroidvanias. Of the yeah, generation. people really liked two as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's. And then what was the other one? Was it just Quest Heist and Dig? Yeah, uh, I think that's it right now. Well, no, they have they have um, um, a tower defense one as well. That was their first one. Oh yeah, I I forget about that one because I I consider SteamWorld Dig to be the first one, but right. it, it did come out before that. You're right. There, it was some other SteamWorld I can't remember. Yeah. So I think it's cool that they like make a new genre type yes. thing every time. I mean, unless they just make a sequel to Heist or even Quest, I would play that. But yeah, I, yeah. Which Quest was weird because it was just a switch 
con at least on consoles it was like a switch exclusive yeah i think it might have come out on ps4 now i don't know maybe i wonder if it was a timed exclusive or something i don't know but, but yeah no i like i really like that so i think it was one of my favorite card games of last year yeah so i hope they keep making just like new interesting stuff because i remember mm-hmm. when they announced heist i was like wow i never would have thought that they would make a game like this that's right. technically like I don't know if they're the same universe, but they at least have the same aesthetic. Like, yeah. they're the robot people yes, for yes. no particular reason. Dig and Dig 2 are connected. They are connected, yeah, because you're looking for the main character of 1, one. and 2, yes. right? Yeah. Rusty. I think yes. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to look into trying that or something. You won't play it. I won't ever play it. <laughs> but I would like to think that I will play it. I think you would really like it. And it's not like a super... The other nice thing is they're not super long games. Like... Mm-hmm. I would guess, like, Quest took 10 hours. This will probably take around that as well. And they do have those, like, RPG elements where you're leveling up and, like, getting stronger and getting better weapons and getting more health and getting new abilities. So, yeah, it, it is just fun. And I, as you said, like, it's an interesting company and it's an interesting uh, franchise because every game is so vastly different. Mm-hmm. So, realistically... Who knows what they're working on? Next. Yeah, it could be anything. <laughs> and that that's awesome. Like yeah. maybe they're working on a sequel to Steam World Heist, but like maybe yeah. it's anything. Yeah, you know, yeah. doesn't matter. All right. So I, the only thing I play is Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. It's the, my whole life now. It's my existence, and it's all I do. So I'm not going to talk about that. I had planned on playing Kentucky Route Zero, but I just didn't end up starting it because. It's like a slower moving adventure game, and I just need to be in the right mindset to start mm-hmm. it. So I beat Kingdom Hearts 3 okay. Remind, which uh, I, mm-hmm. do, I just don't I don't know how to feel about it, because you beat the main story, which last time I had just started it, mm-hmm. you beat it in a couple hours, and it is essentially just watching the same cutscenes from the past like two hours of the game. Right. And that part sucks. Because I, it's recent enough last year that I remember what all these scenes are like. Mm-hmm. And so people keep saying there has to be a better way that they could have done this. And I don't think there is. Because at the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3, you get to the new world and everyone dies, basically. And then they reset time mm-hmm. and do it again. So you're watching the same cutscenes they already watched for a little bit. Okay. And then you go through it again. If they were to just add this into the main game, you would be watching all of those cutscenes a third time. And it wouldn't make sense. Like, I don't think that there is a real way for them to have, like, elegantly add this into the game. So I think that, like, the storytelling aspect of this is just would be bad no matter what. Because then he's going back through it does a anybody, third time. Does anybody know that they're watching? Like, it, does do any of the characters... Yes, like- and that's why it's fucking weird, is because there are a bunch of strange plot holes right. in the initial run-through, and it is because Sora's heart is going back through time or some shit, and he, like, interacts with each character, which is the whole purpose of this, is why you can play as the other characters. And so, like, they know internally that like he's there and is interacting with them and it just 
it's just weird. Okay. I don't, it doesn't work out well. Right. There is a new really cool scene that should just fucking be in the original version of this game where Sora's not there and he's fighting the final boss and you play as all of the other Keyblade wielders at the same time. And it is like not fun gameplay wise. Like you're basically just like they're fighting, they're in a circle back to back. And they're, like, floating in some magic land. I don't know what the fuck it is. And all of the enemies are attacking them. So you Mm -hmm. just, like, hit the button and then they'll all attack at once. And once, like, Kingdom Hearts 3, part of the gameplay mechanics is if you do enough in a combo, you can, like, change your form to, like, turn into a special thing. So when you're doing that, it'll be like, I'll push triangle now. And then each character will do some super sick, unique animation. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, a really cool thing where it's, like, all these characters that you really like and they each get their own moment to shine and it's fun. Right. That should have just been in the original game. I don't know why it wasn't. Um, So I really like that. And you beat the story and it fills in a lot more plot holes where like there are cut, there's a cutscene at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 and like things are happening and you're like, how could this possibly happen? Right. And then it's like Sora and he, after he saves Kyrie, they're in the background and they're like, haha, time travel. So we were able to fix all these issues and it's like, what a great way to see all the plot holes (laughs) and then some time travel. It's fine. Perfect. Jesus Christ. So that's all a shit show. Mm -hmm. And then you unlock the 13 boss battles, which is why I came to this DLC. I think that 12 of the 13 battles are super cool. And one of them was one of the least fun experiences I've maybe had in a video game. Oh, good. Whereas, like, they all, all of them are super difficult in theory, unless you know the mechanics of the game. Mm. And so they're meant to be hard. And I was doing it at max level, and they're still kind of difficult, but you can get through. And they all have, like, unique mechanics. And, like, what I like about those fights is you figure out the mechanics and you figure out what you're supposed to do. There was one fight with Xemnas, the final boss of Kingdom Hearts 2, where you just, like, I I don't know, you just fucking mash. Mm -hmm. And then I eventually got lucky once and won. And there there was no real strategy or rhyme or reason to it. I think it just sucked. Mm -hmm. All the other ones were pretty cool, though. And then you unlock the secret boss, which is where... God, I can't wait for the next Kingdom Hearts game. (laughs) In the so spoilers if you somehow don't know who the secret boss of this DLC is, but in the original game in the Toy Story world, it starts and you don't know what's happening, but it is a TV ad for essentially a fake Final Fantasy game, and it mm. looks like Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen, what Final Fantasy Fifteen was originally supposed to be. The character just looks like Noctis, but sort of kind of like the Kingdom Hearts character Riku, and he has two different colored eyes, and his name is Yazora. And it's just a bizarre thing, and especially the way they frame it is like it's taking up the full screen. You're like, what's going on? The secret character, the secret boss of this game is Yazora, and because of Sora and his time travel thing, he basically loses himself and has disappeared between the other worlds. He meets this character who's technically not even real, but the secret ending of Kingdom Hearts three was you're in Tokyo. So anyway, you you go to Tokyo and you mm-hmm. fight this dude, and it is so different looking than anything else in Kingdom Hearts. Like he literally has a gun. Okay. And he can steal your Keyblade and use it himself. And it's a really cool fight, and it's right. super fucking difficult. And if you lose the first time, which I think is what really happens, is he tells Sora, "I promised someone I would save you," and he turns him into a crystal. <laughs> Which is exactly what happens in the Final Fantasy Versus 13 trailer with Noctis' girlfriend. Okay. And then he shatters the crystal and says, I will save you. 
and then it is a shot-for-shot shot exact, exact recreation of the Final Fantasy Versus 13 trailer where Noctis is looking out the window of his limousine at Tokyo. Shot-for-shot, shot, exactly. I've watched side-by-side -side comparisons. It is the exact <laughs> same thing. And that's if you lose. If you win, you get that same cutscene, minus Sora being shattered, of Yuzora waking up in his limousine... It's the same shot-for-shot shot thing as the Versus 13 trailer where Noctis is looking out the window. And he says the same thing that Sora says at the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1 about, I've been having these weird dreams lately. And then it pans to the front, and you see the limo driver is one of the Organization 13 characters. And he says, like, oh, Master Yazora, how is whatever? And then it's just over. And so this is what I'm here to tell everyone is that Nomura is secretly making versus 13 inside Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> they took it away from him and they gave it to Tabata and I think he's really bought her and I think he's just going to make versus 13. <laughs> and I've never been more excited to see what the next actual Kingdom Hearts game is other than the mobile one that they already announced. Right. Like why would you why would that be? Why would it just be a character who's almost exactly Noctis? Why would you have a shot-for-shot shot recreation of that fucking trailer? What is happening? What yeah. is happening? That's weird. Very excited. But yeah, when I saw him driving in the limo, I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> he's just, he's making the game. He's made, he, he was, it was taken away. Just making it again. <laughs> and so that's, I beat that. And oh. now I never have to play it again. Very exciting. Because I think I'm done with Kingdom Hearts 3 now. Awesome. Yeah. Do That's you think the next one will be four, or will they have some? Oh, no, it'll be a bullshit spinoff. Okay. It's called, they announced what the mobile one is called, like Xehanort's Well, the mobile dark, dark certainly party. isn't going to be four. No, it's, it's called like Xehanort's Dark Party or something, I don't mm -hmm. fucking remember. Uh, no, it'll be some bullshit spinoff. Okay. Where maybe you won't even play as Sora, and he plays Yazora. At least there won't be any like, hey, this is an important 3DS game. No, now that'll just happen on Switch or something. But you like you. That's I have better. That. That's fine. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, everyone who was disappointed by Kingdom Hearts three, they can get off the they can get off the bus now. It's time for me to get on the bus mm -hmm. and be very excited <laughs> that Nomura may just be stealth making versus thirteen okay. because that's the game I want. Mm -hmm. And I, God, I hated fifteen so much. Uh, and I want to see what his original vision was like. Except that now he has to mix Kingdom Hearts into it. <laughs> oh, cool. that, that's what I want. Cool, cool. I can't wait. Uh, and so we'll move on to part three. Yes. We're going to talk about Namco Bandai. Or I guess mostly <laughs> I will talk about Namco Bandai. Is this the generation when they switch to Bandai Namco? Yes. Because they made that switch for whatever reason. I don't know. It's I'm just gonna keep saying Namco Bandai forever. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But they like they're like, well, wait a minute. We need to change things around. Yeah, and so this Bandai Namco is a weird company because yes. they mostly yes. publish things. Yes, and it's not even that they just publish. It's that they own licenses to, let's say, the most popular anime anime franchises in existence. Like, they own the licenses, the video game licenses for One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, uh, My Hero Academia, Naruto, and they just got the license for One Punch Man. Okay. So, like, they... I would say 
realistically those are maybe the top five current anime franchises that are in existence in terms of like making money right so oh gundam as well uh that less so i think is like huge in terms of making money i mean they make a lot of gundam games but that's because they're suited for it so like they own a lot of licenses like that and they publish a bunch of weird well I mean, we've discussed it in recent weeks they now mm. publish a bunch of insane licensed games for yeah. no reason like ice age and stuff but they did the publishing of dark souls in the u.s mm-hmm. because from software published it themselves in japan but the distribution is so much larger in the u.s they have right. to partner with someone so namkai namkai bando namkai does that <laughs> Bandai Namco, Bandai <laughs> Namco, my favorite company. They they so they do that and they do a bunch mm-hmm. of weird publishing things. Right, right. But the games that they make with studios that they have internally are Ace Combat, so like plain dog fighting games that have weird anime stories, which I didn't include when yeah. I did it because I was like, neither of us have played it. So I mean, I played Ace Combat three, not seven though, which is the one that came out this. This Which I think they generation. also did a six this generation. Maybe? Six might have, but I was like, uh, we we didn't play either, so like, yeah, but we they, have nothing to add to this conversation. They make Ace Combat uh, internally. They make Tekken internally because they have that team. They make Soul Calibur internally, right. um, and they make uh, God Eater. And they just that team just made Code Vein, which is basically just anime Dark Souls. And they also make uh, the Tales of JRPG series okay. uh, internally. So, like, they they have internal studios, which, like, I would say more than, more than like, uh, Activision had, but they still are mostly publishing. Right. And so, I, I just wrote down a bunch of random things. I don't know that I'll be able to talk at length about a lot of these games because it's more just, like, Hey, we published anime games this generation. Yeah, when and when I looked at the list, I was like, these all blend together for me. So they like, do, yeah. I I, so like, I know which ones and what they did, right? Or, like, um, so Godzilla was the first one that I remember <laughs> playing this generation. <laughs> it fucking sucks. So they, I remember this was this another. Game. This is another one they licensed it, uh, but it is a Godzilla fighting game where. You just play as a bunch of different Godzilla monsters, and they're huge in these maps, and they move so fucking slow, and everything feels awful. And that's just what the whole game was. But I did, I streamed through the whole thing, and I unlocked every character. You're saying this is a fighting game? I thought this was the one where you just attack cities and then get, like, power up. No, you do fight other monsters. It's okay. like a ba- fighting game is like loose, loose. Yes, yes. It's basically two giant monsters exist, and you can push buttons to make them hit each other. You can blow up cities uh, in the single player, I believe, and okay. it's really upsetting when like you can't kill jets and stuff. Like sometimes it's hard to target small things even though they can hurt you a lot maybe i was thinking about the single player where maybe. like because like i know you just like the whole goal is to basically just like destroy like a certain yeah area of a city mm-hmm. and then you just like so yeah that was a lot of the single player there was no local multiplayer like they had advertised so it was only online oh um, so you just had to fight people online, which was always a bad experience, <laughs> and people figured out what monsters were broken, and it would just be a giant shit show. 
I have like, videos. I, I'm like one of the only people on YouTube that has videos of this game, which is insane. Uh, it's not fun. Is the answer, Matt? <laughs> it's just not a fun game. It's not a good game. And like, do you think there's anybody playing trying to find like a no, match right now? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, there weren't people trying to find matches then when it came out. Okay. Maybe it just had really bad matchmaking. It, almost certainly. But it was one of the first PS4 games that I remember getting, like, within the first year it came out. And mm-hmm. I think it I think it was the first PS4 game that they put out as a company. And it was just bad. Just <laughs> bad. But the, the rest of these don't necessarily go in any kind of order, but I, uh, they did th- four Dragon Ball Z games that they published. Uh, Xenoverse oh. 1 and 2 were... They were cool in concept. Right. Like Dragon Ball Z games, I will preface this by saying that I like Dragon Ball Z as right. an anime. I think that they have yet to properly make a good Dragon Ball Z game outside of Dragon Ball Fighters. Kakarot seems like close. Kakarot seems like it it actually seems like one of the One Piece games I'll talk about where closer i'm it's, not saying it's, it's closer like it is it is what closer to what someone would want yes but then still it misses the mark in so many ways that you're like what mm-hmm. what happened but xenoverse was interesting because you could make your own characters and that was really cool and people really love xenoverse i'm not mm-hmm. gonna sit here and trash on it i just don't think they're fun at all right or good games because that kind of like weird 3d behind the back fighting usually is not my jam no uh and like two they blew it out and you could do make all kinds of wild characters and you relive moments from the show and that's interesting i think my issue with dragon ball z games and i really felt it this generation is they don't tell the story of dragon ball super which was airing during this generation they keep set telling the same Dragon Ball Z story. Fuck, at this point, go back to Dragon Ball. I was going to say, can't they do Dragon Ball? They could, like, just go back, do anything else. Because I have seen Goku beat Frieza and Cell and Majin Buu infinite times. Because they tell the same fucking story every video game. I've, I'm done with it. It's fine. And fucking Dragon Ball Super is literally just a giant tournament. It's so easy. You just make a series of fights. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. But that that's fine. So Xenoverse caters to fans of making their own character and you can like relive weird alternate scenarios and stuff. That that's fine. Yeah, yeah. It gets weirdly deep. They still fucking put out DLC for it, what seems like every week of new characters. Mm. So that's fine. Dragon Ball Fighters uh, was an Arc System Works fighting game. They generally make really good anime fighting games like Guilty Gear, and they just put out Grand Blue's fighting game, uh, and Blaze Blue, stuff like right. that. So that that game, I think, is the closest to being what I want out of a Dragon Ball Z game, even though I don't necessarily like fighting games. It just it does a good job of having all the interesting fan service things without making me relive the same story. The story mode in it, though, is so bad. Yeah. And it was a unique story with a new Android, but it just. I did not enjoy it very much. It's also the best-looking Dragon Ball uh, oh, game de- of all time. Definitely. It looks super cool, and the, the animation is nuts, and all yeah, the characters yeah. they've added is really cool. But but that's just because Arc Systems. Yeah, that's because that. Arc System Works did it, right? And then Dragon Ball Z Kakarot just came out roughly a month ago, and I, I don't know. That's another one that doesn't look like it's for me. Some people have really been enjoying it, and yeah. it has like really high user reviews and stuff. But it's another one where it's just you 
are reliving that same story again. This time they added in the uh, arc where Goku gets his license, mm-hmm. and that's really tight because yeah. then he can drive around the world in a car. And also those episodes are hilarious because Piccolo also gets his license, but they don't show that in this game. Hmm. Uh, he's wearing a shirt that whole uh, few episodes that says Post Boy on it. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, so yeah, it's like a huge open world RPG thing and just the fighting mechanics are kind of shallow and not very interesting. And it's, it's, it has that thing that you don't like in games where you're supposed to lose or you win a fight and then in the cutscene you lose. I hate the ones where you're just supposed to lose. You're supposed to lose, but like the game doesn't do a good job of making that it transparent. So this is really bad in the way that like you win the fight and then you have to win the fight like four times, but you lose three out of the four times in the mm. cutscene. It's like, why are we even doing this then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just like cheat the system so that they win or you stop the fight before it's over? I, I don't know. Or just showing a cutscene you losing three times or I know. something. And so the thing that I've seen as a criticism for this one a lot is you don't actually get to interact with any of the cool parts. Like, in one of the early arcs, Piccolo blows up the moon, and, like, that just happens in a cutscene. And it's, like, the stuff you've seen a million times before, right. and there's just no way to interact with it or do anything. So that that's fine. I, people do like this. But Dragon Ball Z games have just been mediocre to bad mm. forever, and they keep cranking them out just because it was one of the first popular anime franchises in the U.S., like, outside of original Gundam, I think. And... People know it, and like right, it has right. an iconic dub cast, so it's one of the only games that Namco Bandai put out this generation that has English voices in it that's an anime game, because they stopped doing that to cut costs. So yeah, like Dragon Ball Z was their main cash cow for a long time. Well, Tekken, other than Tekken, right, right. they got that license, and it just prints that money, basically, because despite the fact that Dragon Ball Z fans know the games probably won't be that good, they are broken and we'll buy them every time and that's why i think like user reviews are so high because they're like hey this one's actually pretty all right yeah this is the best one i because like i don't know how popular dragon ball fighters yeah i think it sold a good amount for being a a arxis fighting game right but outside of that i'm not i don't know like if there's a lot of dragon ball fans that were like oh this is for me because like you're looking this and going like this is going to be so intimidating I won't even be able to play this. Like, the average gamer will No, and, like, especially now. Like, anyone who's still playing that game is playing at such a high level. I mean, like, like we said, it's at Evo this year. You know what I mean? So people still fucking play. Yes. And it is, they're savage at it. Mm. So Yeah, that's a game that you win online the first day. And unless you're an expert fighting game player. Yeah, you're going to get fucking annihilated. You were destroyed and you probably were like, well, this is not going to be something I'm going to play. Yeah. And so... Uh, the, moving on to the next thing, one of the things that actually has happened in recent years is they Namco is contracted to work on Nintendo games a lot. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of work in Pokken. Right. Um, they did a lot of work on Smash 4 and Smash Ultimate. And there were a lot of games that they contributed like half the assets to, like Mario Kart 8, Mario Kart mm-hmm. 8 Deluxe. Uh, they did a lot of work on the Mario Kart mobile game. Do you remember the... This wasn't a, this generation, but... Mario Sports Mega Mix, like the one that had a hundred sports in it, like hockey and volleyball and stuff. Yes. I guess Namco did most of the work on that. Those were 3DS, right? That one was for the Wii, I think. Okay. 
but they they did a lot of work on games like that like they just do a lot of mario assets and stuff as well and they do most of the balancing and stuff for smash ultimate as Mm -hmm. far as i know so how come there's not a tekken character in smash that's what i'm saying where's heihachi get him in there uh, so yeah, like they did Pokken Tournament, the Pokemon right. fighting game, um, and the like Tekken team helped work on that because yeah. they know how to make fighting games. And I, Pokken is an is an alright fighting game. I think, yeah, yeah, for yeah. for what it is, I liked it. Uh, yeah, I mean it originally was on the Wii U, but it re released on the Switch with new characters, and it's it's fun enough. Yeah, the one thing with this was like, is this this generation? And I was like, I'm gonna add it just because like. It was, what, 2014? Yeah. So it's, like, in that weird nebula. Yeah, but, I mean, so then like, it actually did get released on the Switch within the past released, two years. Yes. So, like, it's new enough. Yes. And I I think that's emblematic of, like, what they had been doing for mm-hmm. the past few years. Yes. I, at least on the Switch, I was like, well, this is this was definitely a major, like, Wii U Switch release, in my opinion. Because yeah. it was, like, it's still probably the best-looking Pokemon game like the, yeah, I think so. Graphically, yeah, for like sure. graphically. I yeah, mean, definitely. like, I just made the mistake of picking the character I picked was the worst character in the game. Machamp. Machamp. Yeah, I picked Chandelure. Chandelure was, was like top tier. Top tier yeah. I love Chandelure. Uh, and then like, what did who did they add? Empoleon, Krogunk, and Septile. Yes. I think were the three characters they added to the Switch version, and Krogunk was like weirdly broken. I've, <laughs> I remember Mewtwo, one of the Mewtwo's. I, the, yeah, Mewtwo, Shadow? Dark Mewtwo or whatever. Yeah, was like, I like le- that. Very good. Was broken, yeah. like legitimately broken. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know if they balanced that when they brought it to Switch. I don't think they... Well, I don't, well, not like well enough, I don't think. I don't know. I stopped paying it. I remember that because like I went into it like with such low expectations. Mm. And then I played it here at your house. Yeah, and then you went out and bought it. And then I bought it and I that's all I did that weekend. And then I never played it again. Because like that's one of those things where when you're playing like the worst character in the game. It's tough. And, like, in a game where it's just, like, all zoning and, mm-hmm. like... Your character's the only one that doesn't have any zoning. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it graded on me to the point where I was, like... It was rewarding when you get in, but, like, most of the time you don't. Yeah. So, I just kind of went, you know what? This was fun. Machamp is awesome. But I'm good. But, yeah, that was, like, surprisingly much better than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, I expected it to be very bad, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was well thought out with, like, the two modes where, like, it was kind of like that Naruto... Ultimate Ninja Storm thing. Oh, yeah. uh, like, from behind. But yeah, then behind it also the back. Had, and then it also had, like, the 2D... Yeah, it would shift between the planes. Certain mm-hmm. moves would bring you into yes. that different phase. And, then, yeah, it was interesting, for but sure. That was one of the big issues as Machamp. Because, like, I not only had to get in, like, once, I had to get in, like, three times. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, this is, like, not great. Yeah. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, like I said, they did Dark Souls in yes. the U.S. They published it. So Dark Souls Three was the only one this generation. They, I mean, they remastered Dark Souls Two for mm-hmm. the it was like the Scholar of the First Sin edition that came with all the DLC. So that's on PS4 as well. They remastered the first one too because they thought they, they did uh, Dark Souls the original remastered as well because uh, they fixed like Blight Town as the yeah they broken... Blight Town was where the frame rate was really bad and that's on Switch where it's still pretty rough. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, PS4 and PC uh, they remastered. Dark Souls one as well, so they I guess yeah they did all three of those this yeah. generation, which is interesting. 
Um, so yeah, that makes them a lot of money. Right. I think it's an, I wonder how that came to be that partnership because they, all the other games they publish are like specifically licensed things. But from software seems to be weird where they like, Hey, Activision, you want to do one? Hey, Sony, yeah, you want to do I, one? I so don't like, know what the hell's going on there? Where was Dark Souls one your first Dark Souls game? Yeah. I, well, I played Demon Souls before that. Oh, so you play, you've been like, and I did you play the ones before that were no like King's Quest and shit like that? No way. No, because okay, like I know like before they were very rough games. Oh yeah, I, I mean I didn't even like get super far into Demon Souls. I just mm-hmm. was like I don't understand this. I ended up playing Dark Souls one day when I like didn't have anything else to do, and I was like I'll try this because everyone says good things about it, and I loved it. But mm-hmm. yeah, Demon Souls did not do it for me at the time. If I tried it again now, I'd probably like it more. But does the idea of Blue Point doing a remake excite you about that? No, because I probably won't play it if they mm. do it, unless it's a launch game. In which case, then I have to play it because <laughs> it's a launch game. Um, so my favorite anime franchise, One Piece. They also make those games. Uh, there really were not a lot of One Piece games that were not for handheld platforms, and right. almost all of them were fighting-ish games before, until they licensed Koei Tecmo to make the Dynasty Warriors ones. And Ooh. so Pirate Warriors 3 came out on PS4. The fourth one will come out at the end of March. Very excited for that. But they're just Dynasty Warriors games, and that's tight because... One Piece Pirate Warriors 1 was not very good. 2 had a lot more characters. 3 is where you want it to be, and 4 is going to be the logical expansion of that. Right. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, but they the, this generation, they also tried to make some larger, more ambitious One Piece games. So like they did a sort of arena fighter called Burning Blood, which sucked um but i liked it enough to try to play it there was only like one character that actually had combos which was really frustrating and then everyone used that or what was broken and that's stupid but the one that came out this past year one piece world seeker was an open world game and it was in the same vein as kakarot dragon ball z kakarot where it's like i see what you're trying to do here and I think that the open world traversal with Luffy having being a rubber man and his stretchy arms is interesting. Like, mm-hmm. it works, but the combat kind of sucks. The open world is not really filled with anything. And, like, I don't know. It just doesn't hit the way it should have. But it is, like, closer than anything had been. Right. And it wasn't terrible. So I was like, I, I guess. Did you finish it? I did, yeah. Okay. I have not bought any of the DLC where you play as other characters. Well, you didn't but seem I'm, to like it enough. Yeah, to... I'm okay. There technically was another game that they released, but only in Japan, which they have these this series of games called like Unlimited Cruise. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what the hell this one, maybe this one was Unlimited Cruise. It's basically just like a third person action game, but mm-hmm. that did not get released here. Um, and so none of those are very good, but they just like, they license One Piece and it makes them a shitload of money. Right. Uh, th- I didn't write it on here, but the same thing happened with My Hero Academia. They made a 3DS game which was a fighting game, and now they have made two Ultimate Ninja Storm-style games called uh, My Hero Academia 1's Justice 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. The second one has been out in Japan for a bit, but it comes out here at the end of March. And I want to get it, but I know that I won't enjoy it, so I mm-hmm. probably shouldn't. 
they've been adding a bunch of cool characters from the newest anime arc. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Basically, a lot of the anime games that they license are just weird fighting games. Uh, but one that's that they make, mm-hmm. Tales of whatever. You, you take your pick. This, uh, this generation, they've only made two. One is terrible, and the other one is very good. Zesteria uh, is bad. It's a, Tales of Zesteria is a bad, a bad one. Okay. I did not play this, but when Nukio didn't like it, and my friend Rob, who also likes the Tales games, hated it, mm-hmm. uh, they both basically said, hey, don't play this one. I know you were considering that, but do, do not play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't. But and then when they announced that the next one, Berseria, would take place in the same world, I was like, "Ooh, no!" But apparently, it's awesome. You never played it. I didn't. I have it. Okay. Because I, I bought it uh, right around when Vesperia's remaster came out. I guess that came out this generation as well. Mm-hmm. Vesperia's remaster. But uh, people said they like it, right. and it is the first one where the director who had been directing them for a long time had left. Okay. So now they announced the new one, Tales of Arise, which should come out this fall. And uh, that also has a different director. And so people think that that... It looks a lot different. Right. It looks way less anime and a lot more action combat. But that's what the Tales games are like, JRPGs, where you f- directly control the character in combat. And you do all kinds of weird combos. It's interesting because the older games are harder to go back to because the battle system just gets better each game because there's just more to work with. And so that's why it's weird. Like, I really like Tales of Vesperia, but people who started with one of these games would go back to that and be like, what the fuck is this? Mm. Because you... I think Vesperia was the first one where you could go 3D if you wanted to in the battle. It wasn't just on a 2D plane. But yeah, they are fucking jrpg anime fueled nightmares so if you want to get in on that you can do that mm-hmm. almost all of the plots are exactly the same like they all have the same archetypes and plot beats like oh. someone will always be on your team and then betray you but then <laughs> feel bad and come back everyone uh that i have played at least and there's a lot there's a fucking lot of them yeah so i i, I like them and they're they're fun enough that i I, I usually will play them, but I, I, I didn't say, play Zesteria and Berseria because I was warned not to. And then I, I bought Berseria used. I just never got around to trying it out, so I might. You won't. Uh, no, I mean, I have it. You seem very <laughs> bad about that. I know. It's fine. Because, like, beautiful Joe, you, you seem to talk about that almost every single episode. about I'd how Be- I would play Beautiful Joe again. But you didn't play uh, Wonderful 101. Yeah, but I would play Beautiful Joe. <laughs> I would play Beautiful Joe. See, this is my point. And I might play Wonderful 101 when I get it again. You probably will the second time. Yeah, that's like... because it's new. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, Tales of Arise hopefully is good, but we'll see where that goes. Right, right. Um, and then Tekken. Tekken? S- Tekken 7 yes. has been going for a long time. <laughs> it came out in arcades during the PS3 era. Yeah. And then it continued to live on, and they updated the arcade version a bunch of times and finally put it out on the PS4 and Xbox One. 2017? 2017, yeah. I think it was like 2015 or 2014 that it came out in arcades. Which that would have been PS4. I guess, yeah. Because 2013 was PS3. That's true. But yeah, Um, I mean, like, 
This is one of the games I actually have played. I know. I love Tekken 7. I yeah. think it's very fun. I love watching it, mm-hmm. um, especially the last year or so. It's really been revitalized in the mm-hmm. scene because they keep adding DLC seasons. Right. right now, it's at an all-time low in terms of watching because... Uh, the new character Leroy is broken as fuck. Oh yeah. Evo Japan seven out of top eight were Leroy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and so at that point, like sometimes people will be like, "Oh, this character's broken," mm-hmm. and then you'll see that character like maybe once in top eight, not seven no, out of eight slots. That's... The other person was Julia, who was an earlier DLC character, and they got second. Mm. But still, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Uh, I believe they did just nerf him in a patch this past week. So, who knows? People said they don't think they nerfed him enough. Oh. Uh, we'll see. He has, like, a billion options. And I think for, like, one of the first, like, new characters that they made for Tekken 7, he's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And he's... I don't know if he's blind or what, but he wears, like, those Ray Charles glasses. And he has a weird stick that he beats you with. So he has really good range and then really clo- good up close combos. Mm. He can get in. He's he's crazy. He's really cool. Uh, the only DLC character I think they added that was not great was Negan from The Walking Dead. And mm. I guess Noctis from Final Fantasy XV. But no one really uses those characters. Didn't, oh, wait. That was Soul Calibur. I was going to say. Didn't Geralt? Oh, that was Soul Calibur. Holy fuck. I forgot that happened. Uh, but yeah, Tekken 7 is still going, and they, I think there are at least two characters left of this mm-hmm. season, which people didn't think that they were going to, uh, didn't think that they were going to keep going. Right. I right. think this will be the last season, so I think the Tekken 7 will be winding down, but I also have faith, unlike Capcom, I don't have faith they're going to make Street Fighter 6. I think that they probably have actually been working on Tekken 8. Or the next iterate, Tekken Tag 3, maybe, something else. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be... It seems like they go tag and then back to mainline Tekken. Usually, yeah, unless they're finally going to make uh, Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Because uh, Harada keeps making Twitter polls about that. Oh, he... He's a giant troll, but <laughs> yes. I think it's really funny. Uh, and so Tekken is their fighting game franchise that right. was a 3D fighter that actually turned out really well. And I mean, it blew up because during the PlayStation 1 era, when they first came out, it was mind-blowing what they looked like and what they could do. Uh, And then Soul Calibur, I liked 2 quite a bit, and then I liked 4 as well. Which is the one that was on GameCube? That's 2. Because that was the one with Zelda that everyone was like, this is... It seems like a lot of people seem to think that's the best one. Two is for sure the best one. Three was weird, and they made it a PS2 exclusive. And then four was the last one I remember enjoying, and that was where Yoda, Darth Vader, and Starkiller were I was going to say, which one was Yoda? Yeah, so like I actually liked playing that one a lot. which one was Starkiller in both? Yeah, he was in both. Because like Yoda and uh, Yeah, Yoda was the Xbox version. Darth Vader was the PS3 version. Right. But, um... I, I liked that one a lot, and then five was just I couldn't stand, and six I didn't even try because it looks the same as five. It just Soul Calibur is cool, right? It just isn't a fighting game that I find to be particularly enjoyable because it's just it. I, I don't know. I can't do combos, but I like when you're watching a game and people can do really cool shit. Soul Calibur six just. Soul Calibur just doesn't have that, really. No, and then, like, I remember 5, 
it was just like the same three characters in every single top eight. It was, yeah. Because it's, they were the characters that had good combos. Yeah, so it just was never interesting to watch at a competitive level. Where Tekken 7... Is wild. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, well, it, it found that hole that Street Fighter Five left, really. Yeah. And, like, it Tekken, probably for the first time in its ever, like, franchise history, that, like, it's probably the biggest fighting game, at least in the fighting game community. Yeah, I think so. And well, I, if you don't count Smash. Yeah, which I don't, but... Smash, like, and that's not to say, like, Smash isn't a fighting game or anything, but, like, those communities, to me, are so separate that it's, it's, Mm -hmm. I I do consider, like, I don't know if I consider it, like, the biggest fighting game, per se, because, like, I just don't think of, like, the Smash community as, like, the fighting game community, just because, like, they have such different roots. It, it, It is so fascinating that, like, these two things that should be together are so separate just because the roots are so different and i i think that tekken 7 also did a bunch of smart stuff like the slowdown when they're about to collide and Mm. then like maybe it'll hit sometimes maybe it won't didn't another game copy that uh some game recently did i don't remember what it was yeah i don't was it doa6 maybe Maybe, but all I, I know remember. is like that's that's really yes. cool and it works really well, especially mm-hmm. from a spectator point <laughs> yes, of view. Yes. And yeah, it just does a good. It has mm-hmm. a good visual presentation, and I also think that part of it is that Tekken commentators are usually very good, right? And like fun to listen to, so that helps at least watching on a competitive level. But yeah, that game has a billion characters. The story mode is so fucking dumb and fun enough. The I was customization say, like, is weird. The story mode is actually decent. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm not saying like, you know, like great writing, but it, it's no, like it's, at least a fun yeah, it was, story. It was a fun time. Whereas like Soul Calibur, people like that, and it's a it's a weapon fighting game, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different. But it just, yeah, I don't know. Which also comparing it to like Dragon Ball. Tekken 7 has a pace to it, and it each oh, round you can, moves. You can, someone can kill you in, like, 20 seconds or less. Yes. Like, it, you can get hit immediately right, and just right. get fucked. That's why it's 3 out of 5. Yes. Uh, but, like, even those 3 out of 5s, they move. They move really quickly, for sure. Um, and so then the last, the last few things I have here is Naruto. Mm-hmm. They made fucking so many goddamn Naruto mm-hmm. games. CyberConnect 2 developed them and they published uh ultimate ninja storm 4 was the only one that really came out this generation but then they did remasters of one two and three and put it in some weird collection so Mm -hmm. those all came out as well those are just behind the back fucking 3d fighting games and so as much as i would love to clown on ninja storm because it's super unbalanced and like sort of fucked up it's really good at capturing Naruto. Oh, I'm and like the story modes are awesome. And I, because I, it's insane because Dragon Ball Z can't do this, where you just see all that stuff in cutscenes. In all of the Ultimate Ninja Storm games, there are quick time events, and right. it makes you feel like you are actually a part of it. And every time you do it, it feels so cool. And CyberConnect is able to do these insane animations where it actually looks like the anime. And that's awesome, right? And it does it. It goes really far doing that. Uh, and now that series is over because Naruto ended, and they moved on to Boruto, his son. 
And the first one they put out was Boruto to Naruto Shippuden mm. Strikers, which I believe is like a pretty garbagey tower defense type game. Oh. Uh, and they're putting out a lot of characters in that. But one thing I think is really funny is Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 is getting DLC soon because they're adding Boruto characters to it for some reason. Okay. So that's cool, I guess, if you people want to play more Ultimate Ninja Storm. I'm guessing they have the online numbers and they're like, well, enough people are still playing this. Enough people still play it, yeah. And, oh boy. I think that the Ultimate Ninja Storm 2 was the peak of competitive play in that game because then they did some really bizarre shit. And boy, do I not like playing it against mm-hmm. other humans online. But so yeah, the, if you if we looked at the PS3 and PS2 for Naruto, there would this list would have been 17 <laughs> million games long because fucking in the PS2 era they were cranking them out what felt like every other week. Wow! Like they, oh my god! Because I think it was just Ultimate Ninja then and there were like five or six of them in a very short period of time because they had all already come out in japan and they were just right. like localized localized fucking whatever uh they have the right to digimon so cyber sleuth technically came out on the ps3 but it was remastered for ps4 and came out on the vita as well you were a big fan of it i did like cyber sleuth then the sequel hacker's memory which was just this generation was bad and i was not as much of a fan but they're digimon rpgs i still played them both the one i think i like the best though is the digimon world next order which was just uh it was like the original Digimon world where you kind of like raise the Digimon up and have one. Well, in this, you could have two follow you at a time, but you like feed them and then they die and you level them up and right. figure out what stats you should train them in so that they can change. They're, they're like, it's like a mixture between an RPG and a Tamagotchi and it, it's fun enough. And this one was cool where you get to new areas. And right. I, I really enjoyed that. And then the next one that should come out this year will be on PS4, Switch, PC, and Xbox One is Digimon Survive. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for this because it is similar to like Final Fantasy Tactics where it is a grid-based strategy game. Oh, that's cool. And so I cannot wait. It, and is that going to be so you're gonna have like multiple digimons yeah and i around? don't it doesn't really say how you get them or recruit them but then when they level up they digivolve and get stronger and that's cool it, it looks super cool it right. was, should have come out last year but then they delayed it um and they still don't have a release date normally they come out in april of every year they have mm-hmm. a digimon game but not not last year or this year and unless they just make some crazy stealth announcement, like it'll be out in a month, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're going to do that. I think right. it'll come out in the summer. Uh, and it doesn't even have a Japanese release date, and usually it comes out here after. So right. maybe they'll do a worldwide one. I don't know, but I look forward to that one. And the last one we have on the list is uh, Double Fine developed game Rad. I think I added this one just because I thought it was so. It's so weird. It's yeah, because weird. Namco Bandai published it. Right. Uh, and it was a roguelite where you are a guy who gets mutations yes and yeah and like the other weird thing is like this is when microsoft had owned them already no they bought them after this it was slightly after yeah. this okay so but yeah this was just i guess it would have been really close because like this was definitely summer when it came out right it was they had announced it way before that though it was announced but like i i'm guessing like the purchase and like when this released was very very close. there was some other game where 
the same type of thing happened. Like mm. they published some other game and people were like, is that still going to come out? Right. Or like, what's going to happen? And they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing happened with Obsidian and Outer, right, right. Outer Worlds. So. But yeah, it was very, I, it just seems like they have a hat with names of games in it that have asked them to be the publisher. And then they just pull one out and they're <laughs> like, oh, Jumanji. <laughs> and that that's what happens. Like, we didn't talk about those ones, but... Right, right. Yeah, like, Ju- that Fast and the Furious game mm-hmm. is a fucking published by Namco Bandai. Uh, and one I didn't put on here because I couldn't find an answer to, they make Taiko Drum Master. Okay. And I thought that they themselves did that. But that wasn't on the list on their website of things they developed themselves. And in that case, I have no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it has a bunch of Namco songs in it. Right. Uh, they also they do Idol Master, which is another rhythm game with uh, lots of fun anime girls. But I <laughs> I do not play that. But I do play Taiko Drum Master. Right. So that's strange. And they release 800 of those every generation in Japan. Uh, the one thing that I'd want to talk about at the end of this is they also do arcade games. Right. So they do Mario Kart and arcades. Oh. Uh, so in Japan, way more so. I've I've played their arcade games here, and they mm-hmm. sometimes have Pac-Man. But the ones in Japan are wild and have, like, Pac-Man, the main character of Taiko Drum Master, and a bunch of other Namco characters in them. And then, like, you'll race on weird Pac-Man tracks and shit with Mario and it's super weird. They didn't do anything with Pac-Man this generation, did they? Mm, no, I don't think so. They put out a mobile game in the middle of this generation that people really liked that I think they ported to modern consoles. And Pac-Man was the fuck? obviously... Was that called Pac-Man 256? And obviously Pac-Man's in Smash, but... Yeah. So yeah, but but like that's the thing that they mm-hmm. were known for originally, is like yeah, yeah. arcade games like that and Dig Dug... But now they basically just make huge, insane Taiko Drum Master things and Mario Kart mm. and arcades. That's interesting. And so, so it's really weird. But, I mean, it's it's strange because I think they do do a lot of cool stuff and they yeah, have yeah. a lot of legacy in the industry. But if just taking this, what they did in the last generation, it's like, oh, they make and publish anime games. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even talk about Gundam ones because we don't have enough time <laughs> there's not there's not enough time did you play a lot of them uh i played three of them this because i remember nukio got the one so ex- extreme versus i don't really like they yeah. just announced a new extreme versus game but like gundam breaker which is the ones where you build gundams mm-hmm. i i imported that actually okay uh then they made a sequel to it which was the first one that they put out in the u.s I played it for 10 minutes and returned it to Amazon <laughs> because it felt so bad. They were like, we're trying a new engine and trying new things. Bear with us. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I was like, oh, no. How did you go from three games that were awesome to this piece of trash? And, of course, it's the first one they put out here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, of course. But at least that other one, a lot of those get put out in Hong Kong. So mm-hmm. they actually have English as well. Oh, good. But... Yeah, they've released a Gundam game every minute. They've released 30 since we've started this podcast, probably. So that's that's fine. All right. Now I have a surprise addition oh, to... Oh, boy. So, you know how last time we did a letter grade? We did, yeah. I decided to ramp it up. Oh, God. And now we're going to rank them we're gonna oh we're gonna rank them <laughs> every week eventually we're gonna get to a point where they're not gonna we're only gonna do a top 10 yeah but for now we're just gonna rank them okay 
So I, I split up Blizzard and Activision. I, I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I would say, yeah, Activision a C, Blizzard a solid B. And that's where, like, it seemed like we were both. So, like, first off, where would you put, Ban- I guess, what would you give Bandai Namco for this See, this generation? is weird, though, because you would give it, like, an F+, because you wouldn't, wouldn't play any of these games. Uh, Tekken's a fantastic uh, Tek- Tekken game. is great, but I would say, I would say... Pokken is a good game. I would give this are a we giving, C. Are we giving plus or minuses? I, well, like or that, just 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 straight letter grades. Let, because like it gets weird with uh, Google Sheets giving pluses and oh, minuses. Because okay. like then then it's like where's the formula? Oh, uh, okay. So like uh, let's, so if it was me, I would say B because give I, it a B? I, I think they have enough good games that I really liked, right. and also enough just like bottom of the barrel garbage. Yeah, that, and then, like it balances out. Almost. I I recognize that. Tekken is better than anything Activision made. Oh, I th- I think so. It, yeah. So, like, I'm okay putting... I would put it even number one if that's... Like, I'm not in love with anything Blizzard made. But I don't know if I can really... It's really Tekken versus uh, Overwatch at that point. Yeah, I mean, I would prefer Tekken to Overwatch. Like, if, of these three right now, our right. list would be... Namco, Bandai, Blizzard, and then Activision. I think that's where you. That's, uh, that's you what think? I. That's what I would say. But I think that when we're done with this list, none of those three will make. No, no, they are not going to make this, <laughs> this top ten most likely. But I would say no, no, no. So we're going to put Bandai Namco at number one. Oh, for the time being. So at number three, we have Activision. <laughs> At number two, we have Blizzard. And at number one, we have Bandai Namco. Which is not something I ever thought would happen in a list but from the anime game publisher. Next week, or next episode, we have Bethesda. So oh, that'll be exciting. Oh, oh. <laughs> See, but that, and then that one gets weird because, well, we don't have to talk about it now, but no, like... No. Doom is really good. And Wolfenstein's really and good. And Wolfenstein's really good. I don't... The other ones might cancel that out <laughs> for <I> think, me. <laughs> yeah. Because what the fuck? I can tell you exactly... I already have an idea of how this is going to go. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. like, I have a feeling I already know what the top two are going to be. Jacob's fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, like... You take Doom and you're like, mm. you did a really good thing with this. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have Fallout 76 and mm. you're like... No. And then you didn't like Fallout 4. I did not like Fallout 4 at all. But then Wolfenstein 2 is really good. And like, I didn't play those, but I yeah, understand yeah. people really like Wolfen- those Wolfenstein games, and I would, in theory, like them if I played them yes. enough from a story perspective that it's like, it's really weird. And then Rage 2? <laughs> exactly. This is what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, next week, uh, in two weeks, it'll be a wild shit show yes. of being, oh, God. And then there's the arcane that neither of us care about. Hey, I, you know, Dishonored, I think I would really like Dishonored and Dishonored too. And Prey. And... I don't think I would really like Prey. But, yeah, it's weird. Because mm. this this one, I do really like Namco Bandai yes, as, yes. as a publisher. But then you look at their output and mm. you're like, oh, you just like basically exclusively released anime products. Yes. And I like all, like I like the anime you're putting products out for, but 
none of these are they don't like elevate anything like they're either they're middling to bad usually yeah and that's a huge bummer like mm-hmm. i one piece pirate warriors 4 i will love that shit right, probably right. be on my top 10 at the end of the year because i love dynasty warriors and mm-hmm. i love one piece and this is the perfect combo well, of the two you may have to fight for bandai namco to be in the top 10 at i the don't end of think this. that will be true you might but have we'll to do see. it i don't think that it will be there but we'll see mm-hmm. uh and so, yeah, with that, that'll do it for us this week. You yep. can tune back in next week when we discuss Bethesda's Bethesda. brilliant catalog from this generation. <laughs> and uh, the theme song is by a man, Anamanaguchi. It's called mm-hmm. Sting Operation. You can check them out, and you can check us out again in two weeks. Peace. <laughs>